0: uh uh-huh. Everyone to 2021 and to the 25th episode of the Friday Nightmares Podcast. I am one half of your hosting team coming to you today from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And my name is Heather Powell. And with me is
1: apparently Cat Butt, but no. (laughs) Smoke Show Crawford coming to you from Swords Creek, Michigan. Finally recording back in my basement again, which feels like it has been forever since I have done that.
0: You know what's cute is that you have your pet monster just on the side of your camera, yeah, um he's just kind of chilling like a villain,
1: yeah, I figured like before he was just kind of laying around like not being set up anywhere, and I was like, you know what he's got to be displayed,
0: absolutely, you know it's a it's a little like um artifact that you have there for all of us 90s kids well born in the 80s kids in the 90s that really remember my pet monster and the epicness that was that saturday afternoon show yes um that's when the cartoons were sick i'm sure cartoons are good now we just don't watch them well children cartoons
1: yeah we watch more of the adult theme style Uh, The adult
0: cartoons we absolutely watch but i'm not sitting around watching like i don't know lol dolls or whatever it's going on there and i'm not a parent so i have even less fucking ideas
1: and apparently you have even more idea than i because i had never even heard of that show
0: (laughs) well i'm assuming it's a show only because my friend's daughter really likes the dolls so i just automatically assume that it's a show Um, But here we are, 2021, and nothing's happened. (laughs) It's been a real boring 10 days of 2021. Um, Jesus Christ. So to my American brothers and sisters, I'm sorry what happened to you last week. Uh, I'm I'm happy that people are slowly being dealt with, that engaged in the terrorist attacks that they engaged in, and uh, I'm glad that minimal amount of people were hurt, and hopefully uh, we see a, a... a more peaceful transition on the 28th, on the 20th of January. And uh, yeah, and we continue to fight this uh, coronavirus that uh, is ramping up in a lot of parts of Canada and the United States. So hopefully everyone can do their best to stay stay healthy and stay safe and just keep on trucking.
1: Yeah, because this last Wednesday was a fucking travesty. Absolute yes. fucking travesty.
0: It was. It
1: should have never gotten to this fucking point. I'm sorry, I'm I'm as you can tell I am pissed. <laughs> but I don't
0: know why, Scott. Like, I don't know. You know what though? It reminded me like, like if the Hills Have Eyes, people decided to do a coup. Like it just was the like shittiest coup I'd ever seen. You know, we did it better in 1812 when we stormed the fucking White House. Like, you know, I I um I I understand, you know, absolutely it's a tragedy and it's and it should never happen. And it's and I'm not taking anything away from how offensive and and dangerous and a slap in the face democracy is. But what a bunch of like yo-yos, like <laughs> they yeah. didn't know what they were doing. Like it was I mean,
1: so bad. you see the images; they looked like freaking cartoon characters. It was. Uh, I like those people should uh, are not intelligent enough to actually make it inside the building. They actually had to have inside help.
0: You know, and that's I, what's is, even more sickening. This has been the year of protests and terrorist attacks, and you know our was 2020 coming in 2021 quebec implemented an 8 p.m curfew and ontario is talking about doing something similar to combat the uh, coronavirus or covid19 whatever you want to call it and like there was protests last night in quebec and they were all wearing the guy faulty masks and i find that really fucking funny that everyone like that's their (laughs) go-to The hats they go and they put on and it's um yeah i i probably shouldn't find humor in it but i sometimes feel like when people do these you know an example of this um terrorist attack i'm not even gonna call it a protest it was a terrorist no, it was attack. an
1: absolute terrorist attack
0: and you know, it's just so fucking shittily planned like i've never seen a group of people just be like ah, blah, blah, blah. like and what were they going to do when they got in there? Like, they all just walked around and looked like tools. Like, it was, well, and it was pictures. And now they're all getting incriminated and like fired well, from their jobs and shit.
1: <laughs> I'll say, like, the news has been showing a lot of the more dopey idiots. But there was one that actually had those uh, zip tie handcuffs that uh, the police use for dealing with, like, mass groups of people. So someone was planning on taking fucking hostages. And that's scary.
0: That is scary. And it's scary that you had a leader that incited this behavior.
1: Yeah. Um, And then to come out, uh, like first we had Biden come out and say a speech, pretty much calling Trump out saying, you need to get out here and say something because this is ridiculous. It should not be happening. And Trump comes out and just goes, all right, I know you guys are upset. I'm upset, too, because the election was stolen from us. But you need to go home. I love you all. It's like you should be condemning them, fuckers. Not <laughs> that's
0: just like, inciting them. You watch the twenty twenty special, right, on Netflix? Yeah. And how he like tells stories. Like they made fun of him, saying that he tells stories like a like a child. And he does. He's like the bad people are going to keep doing bad things. Like that's part of his speech. And it's just, you know, I think it speaks volumes that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram have all basically deactivated his account. <laughs>
2: yeah and like, uh,
0: just...
1: and google play and apple store removed parlor from their stores
0: wow so parlors wow parlor man they're gonna be even madder now oh man parlor you can't even get on parlor to say how mad you are oh man right
1: i know like what? they are shutting down like the the voices but at the same time like we still got a rocky road ahead of us. And I just hope to God that, you know, we are way more prepared this time around.
0: Well, it's 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 the storming is upsetting. It didn't accomplish whatever these like people thought it was going to accomplish. I think what the most important thing that we have to focus on is what we can do as an individual. Yeah. You know, it's no different than what you can do as COVID-19. You can be mad at a government official all you want for not telling people to stay home, but we are all functioning adults. You should know to do things like wash your hands, avoid big groups, wear a mask, stay home, do what you can in preventive. And the same goes with fighting for democracy and really dealing with white supremacy, which is yeah. what we've seen. And you and I are Scott, are white, or white Scott. So we need to step it up. We're white and we're privileged. Like, right. let's just we absolutely call are. a spade a spade. And- You know, it's great for white people to be upset, and I speak for this as a white person, that's fine, but you can't just be like, oh, that really sucks, post a Facebook status and go about your merry way. Like, you have to figure out whether that's supporting Black businesses, whether that is just, you know, educating yourself on privilege and how you can use your privilege to help other groups, like it's more than just changing your profile pic and your Instagram to a black square. It's more than yes. just saying this sucked online. We all know it sucks. I thought it was great. Um, but I, I, you know what, I'm hopeful for 2021. I'm hopeful that, um, you know, this was a low part in your, in your country's government and that things will go up from here and, and we can see, you know, brighter days ahead and it's going to take time. And we're all going to have to be really patient and really kind of look into ourselves and go, what can we do in our in our capacity?
1: Yeah. I'll say because like during all this, you know, a lot of us just kind of felt helpless just standing by because we had what could we do at that moment? Absolutely. But it was just more just disgusting that this even happened in the first place and should have never been allowed. And yeah,
0: but I don't think anyone's surprised. I can assure you from your no. next door neighbor, no Canadian I talked to was like, oh man, didn't see that coming.
1: No, well but- I was gonna say there is even a meme going around going, Well, that escalated steadily for four years. <laughs>
0: Like it's, it's, you know, and bottom line is, I think, you know, uh, Darren and Court talked about this excellently. They released an episode um, on, oh my God, I forgot Darren's podcast. Psychosemantic podcast. I don't know why I always forget psychosemantic podcasts uh, perfectly. And and the two of them did a really good job of talking about how (laughs) this event was very, um, that they were interrupting was a symbolic event anyway. I learned a lot from them. And, you know, I I think we want to focus on not we want to, you know, acknowledge what happened and that that can't happen again, but we want to look at the layers of what that meant, you know, and I think it's really challenging the fact that we have a group of people that, you know, believe in white supremacy that believe in discrimination, and will do whatever they can for somebody who they believe supports that and I think that's a bigger harder issue to swallow um it's more than just storming a capitol building like it's more than that um so you know step by step day by day I think if we all make a choice to figure out how we can make a difference in our lives and I and I think that's a responsible thing to do sticking your head in the sand and being like oh man doesn't affect me well it affects all of us and it will affect our kids and other people down the road so However you feel comfortable making an impact, make an impact. Um,
1: yep. Yeah, do what you can, like in any way you can.
0: Right. So it's, it's been a rush, though, these 10 days, you know, and we got yeah. COVID and we got Quebec put an 8 p.m. curfews in and our premieres yelling at us. And, you know, the good times don't stop. There's, there's definitely uh, adventures happening.
1: Um, yeah, I'll say pretty much uh, 20, uh, 2021 has told 2020, hold my beer.
0: Right. And it's only day 10. Can you imagine right. where we're going to go from here? Um, which I, you know what? If you, we're living through a historical event right now, and historical events last a long time. And I was talking to someone else about this, and they said, well, you know, we live through many historical events. Absolutely. But this is the one that's really going to represent with a lot of generations because it's the biggest one. And it's said yeah. lasted the longest period of time. Right. So
1: Yeah, And there's been historical events within these historical events going on. So it's just insane.
0: Yes. So you have like the overall world pandemic and then you have multiple, I don't even want to say mini events, but events that have happened within it within it like when we talked when we watched the 2020 uh, special on netflix i forgot that there was major fires in australia
2: yeah like i completely like forgot
0: the,
1: that was like the very beginning of the year that and world war three i was about. like
0: oh fuck yeah i forgot about that shit like i forgot that all happened because covid19 came and that just like you know i i think i look back on 2020 and i think covid19 black lives matter donald trump being donald trump uh, borders being closed because that person, yep. me, um, and like, well,
1: and it's historic because I don't think it's ever been shut never down, never happened,
0: never to this extent. And yet again, borders are still open for essential travel, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but uh, Scott and I seeing each other, though we may feel as essential, it is actually not <laughs> right, essential. Um, but yeah, and New Year's was good. I uh, I got nice and toasty. Thank you to everyone who watched our New Year's live. Oh, video. yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we uh, that was prior to me drinking a lot so that was good um I was still uh somewhat with it when I did that and I don't know Scott anything else really exciting happened to you in the past 10 days besides obviously world events and but like personally
1: no not really I mean I've been just kind of uh living the exact same exciting life that I've been living the last couple of weeks with not really doing much besides watching movies
0: and podcasting you uh you doubled down on podcasting this weekend
1: you could say that yeah i'll say because right. yeah I'll, uh by the time everybody hears this it should be out but we'll i'll be on the uh fresh cuts year end episode where we do the top 10 of 2020 where it was me venom mike merriman Derek, and uh don and and brandon young
0: and, what a what a star studied crew right there man wow yeah that's a top that's a top 10 list you want to hear
1: yeah it was uh very good everyone had uh pretty unique lists in their own way which i really appreciated to hear like because most of the time when you hear top tens it's almost all the exact same oh movies, my god just, just in different organized. orders so yeah.
0: i like this, it when people spice it up
1: yeah there's a few nice surprises in there that you'll absolutely love heather i know that for a fact
0: mm, i like the sound of that that very much entices me um and what was i going to say we also did a uh, a live broadcast this afternoon yes we with did with our boss mr Bow. um as well as Mike Merriman and oh my gosh, why am I forgetting? Ricky Morgan. Ricky Morgan. Thank you. <laughs> Can you tell it's I a long game? I'm like, ah, and who else? And Ricky Morgan, who is like Jimmy Hart of the South. Like he is just, <laughs> yes. he's the mouth of the South. I, uh, I really dig Ricky Morgan. He's a cool, dude. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. We had a really good time doing that, ranking the 20th 20th best vampire movies, or I guess best vampire movie to worst vampire movie, because there's only 20. So it was a real simple task for us, clearly. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But yeah, that was a lot of fun because it was posted live on Facebook, posted live on Twitch, and posted live on YouTube under the Legion Podcasts uh fiends which was really cool
0: so the recording will be available on our page if you want to go back and watch it it's about two hours it was very interactive uh Bo had a chat going during that time so you are you know if you want to join next time i don't think scott and i will be on next time i think he's rotating uh podcast host um in the in the panel but you can watch it and hear what uh listeners had to say as well because they got to chime in too on Uh, vampire movies it was it was a really cool thing i think of like personally you know it's our one year anniversary show um And I think of where I've gone with podcasting to this point, and it's crazy. And I've gotten a lot of really kind feedback from some listeners who have talked about who who have said to me that I'm one of their preferred podcasters, which is just so humbling. I don't. That's amazing. I I don't ever want to be think of someone that's like I don't ever want to sit there and be like, oh, I'm so good, I'm so this, because I don't. I don't think that. I think I'm fine. I have a conversation like I think you're. I feel like I'm just learning from Scott still. So I feel like...
1: Now you're beyond me at this point.
0: <laughs> is it because I like better movies?
1: No. Are you sure? It's just because you know how to argue your movies better than I do.
0: I do. I can yeah. sometimes really argue, or I just make ridiculous points that people laugh at, and I hope I win. Um, <laughs> but it was very kind to hear. I really appreciate those kind words. Um, very, very kind. And, you know, we're, we do this for fun. This is This is a good time for us, so... Um, but I am proud to say of where I've come to at this point and what I've learned and to continue to grow. So yeah. um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add about our one year. You care a lot more about this than I do. Like no. you've been talking about our one year anniversary show for a fucking month now. So I feel like we're here we are, Scott. So here's your chance.
1: Well, I just want to say that, you know, it's just been a freaking amazing year. Like while the year sucked, like for everyone, it's been an amazing year just being able to work with you doing this and being so consistent with our shows we never miss a date and it is just always a pleasure and just blast working with you and I always look forward to every single episode we do together and yeah just this is the first podcast that I've been a part of that has actually made it to the one-year mark and that just like is a big milestone to me and makes me very happy.
0: Well, I'm very happy, too. This is also the first podcast that I've been a co-host of that has made it. Oh, wait, no, it's not horror. Okay, that technically made it to the one year mark before. this. That is true. Um, That one's a commentary and more for fluffy and fun. So I think if I think about a podcast that I invented with somebody and that we basically have complete creative control over what we do, how we do things, then, yes, um, this would be. This would be my baby, my baby. If
1: our little baby has turned one oh. years old today.
0: It started teething, and now it's walking. And now
1: it's wanting to drink already. Yep, it's learned from us.
0: <laughs> yes, making us proud. Definitely <laughs> making us proud. Uh, but 2021 has started off with a bang with movie, movies, but I should have said our... Topic. In true Friday Nightmares fashion, we don't tell you the topic because we like to keep you wanting more. So yeah. our topic today is Asian, Asian versus Western world ghost storytelling. So uh, we're going to be looking at some major ghost story movies, doing a little bit of comparison and talking about the difference. But before we get there scotty and i have watched some 2021 horror movies
1: yes we have like uh surprisingly quite a few though you have already like surpassed me like with many watches already but
0: that's because you're too busy talking to hot babes all day online you and (laughs) And brandon were like from exploding heads
1: yeah I'll say that's totally I'm totally Brandon Norlick. I mean I just don't have the hair
0: you're right it's true but you just are too busy talking to hot babes so while you're too busy talking to hot babes I'm off here doing the work on the podcast and uh, like always like always <laughs> so, yeah because I put so much work in. um but why don't we talk about the first one because I think a lot of people are going to know about this one it's uh it's been getting a buzzed around a lot around other podcasters in the horror community and it is shadow in the cloud 2020 release, came out January 1st. Scotty, your thoughts? Uh, This one is, uh,
1: I didn't know what to expect going into it because I didn't watch a trailer, didn't read a synopsis on it or anything. I was just like, oh, it looks kind of like World War II-ish. This could be interesting. And little did I know what it had to do with, and I was pleasantly surprised because I will say, though, the one thing that just kind of threw me off because this could have been like a really, really, really good movie, but I just had fun with it. It would have been better if there was not that weird drastic tonal shift halfway through the film where it went from like completely serious horror film to like, all right, let's go ridiculous action movie.
0: Are you saying that there were some things that happened in this movie that were unrealistic? Just a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. It all seemed pretty above par to me of what would exactly (laughs) happen to someone in this situation um i gotta agree with you i did think you know for an opening movie it was at tiff by the way it was at the toronto international film festival this year uh chloe grace moretz did i say it right moretz uh it was great i think uh she is definitely an exceptional actress but we know this we've seen her in other things before this isn't like the first time we've seen her uh, she carries this movie very well. I thought the secondary characters were good. It's a silly action creature horror film. Uh, is it worth the rental? I think so. I think right now, if you need just something goofy to watch that you can get behind, it's 88 minute runtime. It's it's not the worst thing you can, you can rent.
1: Yeah, I'll say it's, I'm kind of iffy with the rental because this is one of those 1999 rentals because it was like, oh, supposed okay. to be in it's
0: not worth real. 1999.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, I was gonna say like, unless you have like a group of friends over, and you just like all chipped in a couple bucks, then it'd be worth it. But like buy yourself, or they brought or
0: pizza and beer, and yeah. you're all like partying it up. Absolutely, um, it's yeah, it's available on Apple, iTunes, Voodoo, um, Microsoft Store, Amazon, and Direct TV. So it's making its rounds. Uh, not a not a bad start to 2021. It's not going to probably top anyone's list at the end of the year, but. I enjoyed my time with it and yep. I think if you haven't checked this out yet and you're able to, uh, to get it through means that are 19, that are not 1999 is definitely worth watching.
1: Yep. I completely agree. Um, and yeah, we'll jump into the next one. Uh, this one we just got, we're lucky cause we pretty much have a screener for it. Uh, cause it does not come out till I think sometime in February, but is but it is called the vigil from 2021. And this is a Jewish take on a horror film with, uh, like I think was it during the morning ceremony of someone that has passed away?
0: Yeah, so it's an Orthodox Jewish ceremony.
1: Yep, and pretty much this guy is left behind to watch over the body for the next couple of days or just over the night. I forget exactly I think what it it's was overnight. Okay, and then a demon appears, and I have to say, not knowing a lot about like Jewish religion and like Jewish history. This made me want to dive into a lot of that stuff and look into it more.
0: No, I, I knew a little bit more about this. I am close friends with Brandon like There you go, Brandon. It's out of, the, uh, out of the cat's out of the hat now. <laughs> and from Exploding Heads. And he is Jewish. So he had, I had already talked to him a little bit about his faith and, well, the faith that he was, he was born into a little bit more. And so that helped for me going into this. Um, I did have a little bit more knowledge, I would say, than Scott did in terms of the Jewish faith, but I think we definitely need him to watch this movie and then really explain it more to us. Uh, I I have a lot of praise for this film. I think this film is incredible. I suggest everyone watch it when it comes out in February. The acting, uh, if you like religious films and if you like any kind of aspect of religion in your horror films you will enjoy this film And about time that it's not a catholic or christian themed film Um, i'm sure there are other films out there that are not catholic or christian themed i just think this one fucking nails it the acting is out of this world good at an 88 minute runtime you will not be bored Um, Very, very, very good film. Can't praise it enough. Watch for its release in February, uh, whether it's video on demand, which it probably will be. So you're probably going to see it through the iTunes, uh, the YouTube, Cineplex in Canada, uh, Microsoft Store, who knows, maybe a provider will pick it up eventually, like Netflix or Prime or Shutter um yep. i don't know is it coming in a shutter i don't think it's coming to shutter is yeah it?
1: i don't think at least it hasn't been announced yet it may, it may eventually but
0: okay um this is an excellent movie i i strongly recommend watching it
1: yeah this one was a very very good watch and it's very atmospheric like the dread and like just the unsettling stuff that it goes on in this movie is very very well done like this is definitely a high recommend and it's definitely going to be high up on the list early on for sure. I
0: think it will be in my top 20 by the end of this year. That is how I, much yeah. I enjoyed this film. I think that this film, um, you know, you occasionally get a film that comes out earlier on in the year. We had VFW from last year. Uh, that was very, very good. And I think this is right up there. Yep. Uh, different different tone, obviously, different movie. But I think when we look at quality, uh, this is definitely one you want to check out. So please keep your uh, your eyes and ears peeled for this film. Uh, the next one is from the Deaf's. So this is an independent film. Um, it is available to rent on Amazon uh, if you are interested. It, it's um, it's different. I don't think Scotty's seen it. Nope. Um, on Letterbox, I don't even have a a, a synopsis for it yet. Oh wow! Because uh, we did see a trailer. Uh, um, not a trailer, a preview. Trailer screener, a screener for it. It's, uh, it's, a sh- it's a different take on a shark movie. So if you really like shark movies, I-, I don't know if you'll like this film as much because it explores the aftermath of a shark attack with a twist at the end that I will give the twist credit. I did not see that twist coming. And I thought that it was very, very interesting. Um, I think if you're a fan of understanding how people deal with traumatic situations, particularly post-traumatic stress, I think that you'll find this film fascinating and interesting. Do I think it's a must watch for most people? No, I don't. Um, It Definitely, if you really like shark movies, this is not a movie that you wanna watch. There's not a lot of the shark in it. Um, But if you are interested in psyche and how someone deals with trauma, definitely um, worth your time. And I would say if, if you're gonna rent it, I would say a two ninety nine, three ninety nine is the most you want to pay for this bad boy. I wouldn't I wouldn't be paying more than that. But with the preface of understanding what your taste is before you walk into it.
1: Right now, yeah, that this one I'm, I'll probably get to at some point. Like just because I'm curious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll jump into the next one because I know you've seen all these movies where I've yeah I'm I've seen the smattering of them, but um. Uh, This next one is a very Mm low-budget, independent horror film called Hacksaw.
0: Yeah, this film here is a very grimy, art house, grindhouse, found footage kind of film. I don't think this film is anything that is going to knock people off their feet. It's a 70-minute runtime. But what I appreciated from an outside view on this film is it was... Clearly done with limited budget, it was the same director, then it was a director, the director did the writing, the producing, everything. And I think if we look at what it really looks like to do your first time horror film. This is what you're looking at. And I think after watching another movie that we're going to get into just after this one, Mm -hmm. I had a better understanding of why movies like Hacksaw exist. So if you are somebody who is thinking of making a movie and you want to get an idea of what kind of true quality you could be working with and if you wanted to integrate different things such as Grindhouse and Found Footage, Um, perhaps you're a big fan of quentin tarantino (laughs) yeah um then you would want to watch this film i wouldn't recommend it generally the the two people i recommended it to was scott and brandon and it was just with the understanding that this is a little budget um i think it's interesting how they tried to pull away these concepts it's not the best movie in the entire planet by any stance but it's interesting how it was put together um so yeah i don't know scott what was your thoughts on it
1: yeah i'm pretty much right there with you like the uh, quality behind this for being so low budget is pretty good. Um, I will give it credit for the effects and the gore, like mm-hmm. all practical. And there is a lot of it in certain scenes. And it is uh, like when you told me to check this out and I watched it. And in the first five minutes, I'm going, I was disgusted.
0: Oh yeah. Like, it's pretty intense.
1: Like I was thinking, I'm like, Heather recommended this to me. This yeah. is like not something I, I would ever expect her to recommend to me. This is kind of gross. And but then it got on went on after that and like i was i enjoyed the uh the two actors the boyfriend and girlfriend as well like they did a great job and they they were
0: very decent actors actually to be honest. yeah um. yeah and I-
1: I recommend this to anybody that is just into supporting really low-budget indie filmmaking. And, and uh, wants
0: to make a movie. I really yeah. think that if you want to make a film, you should watch this movie because it shows what this person did well and what this person didn't do well. Like the director, the writer, and the producer because the person did all three. And I think you can learn from that. I would not be surprised if this is a director that we see again in the future maybe 5 10 years from now with more polished films right right i think the um the quality it's like when peter jackson did bad taste yeah you know what i mean i, I, I and i'm not saying this movie is like bad taste because i think bad taste is a better film but Bad, you could watch Bad Taste and be like, this is the same dude that did fucking Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's you would never ever put that together. And I feel like this director has potential. And now after watching the, the next movie we're gonna talk about, I had a better understanding for where films like this come from.
1: Yep, completely agree. Yep. But i I'd say this is part. worth a rental though, if you are very interested in like the low yes place.
0: Stuff. Sorry, it's at iTunes, Google, Microsoft Store, and YouTube if you're interested. And yet again, I do I do say that you do have to be very interested in, as Scott said, in independent films, and also you have to be interested in making a horror film yourself, and willing to watch something and critique it from that perspective. Yep. Um, next one is Clapboard Jungle 2021, and this movie is a documentary, but it is a sleeper hit that is going to shape the way people understand how independent horror films are made. Yes. It's uh it's a Canadian film. It's a 98 minute runtime. It will be redropping in later January this month. And, It basically explores what it's like to make a low-budget horror film with interviews from directors from low-budget films to very, very high successful films. You are going to see every director and they're going to talk about how they started out in the real nitty-gritty. And I think this is important for horror fans because a lot of us sit on our nice little high courses and judge how things go down in this independent film and that independent film, or why they do film this way, or I would have done it this way. And you really get a, a, a clear view on how hard it actually is to make a movie.
1: Yeah. Cause I will say the one thing that, you know, cause I've seen like uh, documentaries like focusing on like, oh, here's how I would like to direct a film and like behind the scenes stuff. But this one, like, it shows all of that, but it really focuses on the production and uh, financing part of mm-hmm. getting a movie made and released. Mm-hmm. And that is like, after a while, I had no idea the difficulties of it, but after watching that this documentary, it pretty much tells you like straight up, like, like making the movie is easy, getting it out there for everyone to see is the hard part, and getting it financed.
0: And the shit you go through, and yeah. and how many people have a different opinion because you take backers. You know, one guy said it perfectly. Then someone wants their wife in the movie, or they have a different view for a different scene of how this movie's going to be. And you basically follow this one dude trying to get his short film made for four fucking years. Yeah. Like it's, it's, to me, it was the most humbling experience. And you're seeing directors that you know and of hits that came out. Like you're seeing people that you're like, holy fuck, that they did that film. And they're like, yeah, I'll be lucky if I get another hit. Like it's, it's so real. And so honest. And let me say my respect for uncork has gone through the fucking roof after seeing this film.
1: I completely agree.
0: Um, I had, you know, we always talk about uncork and their choice of taking these low budget films on. And I think what I personally, what I learned from this documentary, if it wasn't for the uncorks out there, we would not eventually have sleeper hits that become huge. We we yep. wouldn't have that if it wasn't for Encore, giving these directors a shot, getting their feet wet, getting them to move forward. If it wasn't for production companies like that, we would not have the variety that we do. And it's completely changed my perspective on Encore and other production companies that take on these films that we watch and we go, <laughs> oh, What the fuck is this shit? Which is why. I had so much more of an appreciation for Hacksaw, even though it's not a great movie. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's great. I really respected and understood that this was probably someone's first shot at directing a full length film and writing it and the development that comes through that and where they can go from there. Like, yeah. it's huge.
1: Yeah, like this, this was probably one of the most informative and like just fascinating documentaries I have seen in a very long time.
0: It's very good. Please check it out. Um, it will be out towards the end of January. It's worth whatever rental price you pay for it, to be honest with you. I, I would own it if there was a, yep. and I don't say that about many things. Um, I would own it because I really, really enjoyed the quality from it. And I'll watch it again, easily watch it again, because I learned a lot from it.
1: Yep, same here. Um, and yeah, I guess I will jump out of this one because you, you did not see this one. Correct? I did not. All right. So I'm talking about the film Nina of the Woods from 2021. Once again, uh, another screener because I don't believe this has been released just yet. Uh but it is about a, a film crew that does the whole cryptozoology thing of trying to find Bigfoot and they find this really cool location and they like took some footage and off in the distance you see this like kind of large shadow like kind of moving across the screen and they're going Holy shit! There really is a bigfoot out there. Let's go hunt it down and try to like film it. And here I'm thinking, sweet, a found footage style bigfoot film. Okay, I, I, I could go for another one of these. These are fun. And then the movie goes in a weird ass direction that I never ever expected. And almost kind of sort of plays out in a uh, Blair Witch 2016 way without the scares.
0: Is there just a lot of running at the camera?
1: Not even running. It was just more like kind of walking around and like just trying to figure out because they get lost in the woods and cannot find their way out of it. And there's this like weird time loop that goes on once you're in the middle of this woods and like people start repeating things like one person will run off, like run a certain direction. And then like 10 minutes later, that person will run that direction again. And it's just like, weird, just kind of like time loop stuff. Bigfoot's never brought up into the movie again. I'll just give you that spoiler now. And this movie is, I wouldn't even call it a horror film. I have it on my list. Cause it's kind of in the genre of like what it was, at least what I assumed was going to be, mm. but it's very bland. The acting is fine, but like the story was just not riveting enough to keep me focused. And I was like, Starting to lose uh, uh, lose focus on the movie, and then next thing I know, I'm going, "Wait, what happened?" And I have to rewind and try to watch again it's try to figure out what was going on. And it just felt kind of muddled. This is just one of those I would just I would skip. I wouldn't say it's worth the rental. It's just kind of there.
0: That's fair. Well, it's it's available on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Microsoft Store. But from the sounds of it, Scott isn't telling you to go watch it. So.
1: No, this is probably the dud so far of the year that I've watched. Like, it's not it's not horrible, but it's just like,
0: eh, it's there. Honestly, the two best films I've watched this year is The Visual and The uh, Clapboard Jungle. Like, those are the two that I would say watch to people. Like, and then second would be Shadow in the Cloud, or third would be Shadow in the Cloud. Yep, same here. Um, Well, the next one is a uncorked film. And I'll be honest, I was not going to watch this film. And then I watched um, Clapboard Jungle, and I was like, you know what, Heather? Stop being such a snob. And (laughs) uh, watch this uncorked film. So... Bright Hill Road is a, is a court uncorked film. It's a new 2020 release. It will be released shortly by, it should be actually be released after this weekend uh, it should be available so the the whole premise of it is there's an individual who has some personal demons with alcoholism is put into a really shitty situation and ends up at this boarding house on her way home to see her sister and then chaos moves from there there is a fairly well-recognized actor that is in this movie um I don't know. Let's see here if I can go back to find his name. He's one of those people that you've seen in kind of like smaller films. Same with her. Both of them had a resume, which explains why the acting was decent. It wasn't people that were kind of doing it for the first time. It was Michael Eklund. He's one of those people that if you saw him, you would know who I'm talking about. Um, He kind of has had a lot of one off smaller roles. I, I do believe he's Canadian as well. So maybe I've just seen him in more Canadian stuff. And this was a Canadian made film as well. It was filmed out West. Decent movie, really decent movie. Um, if you enjoy movies that talk about addiction um, and battling those demons and, and you know, taking it from a real psychological standpoint, you'll probably decently enjoy this film. Uh, do I think it's worth a rental? Sure, a 2.99, 3.99 rental at the most. And, you know, with the understanding that you do have to enjoy a lot of dialogue and uncorked type films. And addictions, but really well done. Like I really bought into the characters. I was interested throughout the whole movie. There were parts where I had to kind of I was doing something else because a lot of times I'll have movies on when I'm working and I had to stop working and pay attention um, because I was I was involved in what was happening to the character. So I would recommend it.
1: Nice. Yeah, this is one that I uh, have not got a chance to watch yet. I will probably be a screener,
0: so I definitely would recommend that you see it now. I was I wasn't sure at first. I thought it looked like. A big pile of poo poo, and it's not a big pile of poo poo. <laughs> um, I, you know, yet again, if you're not someone who enjoys uncorked films and you don't care about the whole addiction psychology piece of it, and you only like big theatrical releases or things released on Shutter that's pretty and, and shiny, then don't watch this movie. But yep. if you are willing to, you know, look at something that's decently enough filmed, um, and a little bit of quote unquote slow burn, then yeah, I would say I would recommend checking it out i will definitely have to do that you will like it scotty i actually think you would you would enjoy it enough i don't think it would be on like a top 10 or 20 for you but i think you would have appreciation for it
1: right well saying you especially know like you know i have like the family history of addiction so i look into like i understand like yes better than someone that might not
0: absolutely that's actually a really good point it's true uh so the final one i I just watched this last night it's uh Entombment, sorry, entombment. Entombed. Entombed. Yeah, entombed. I can't even get the name right. Um <laughs> tell you how much I liked it. It's a Norwegian film. Uh, we also had a screener for this as well. Um, it's okay. It uh basically takes place in a in a distant world and are far, far away from now, and uh that's been overrun by by zombies or something, some kind of infection. And um, the main character happens to come across a bunker, and two other people are living there. But things are not as they seem. Very, very dialogue heavy. Not a lot happens. Uh, the zombies are barely in it. Like <laughs> it's it's more about this dialogue between these three three characters. It reminds me of this film I had to watch in English in grade ten, where these people get locked in this bunker during the Cold War, and you kind of watch them decline um, Oh, okay it was I found that not overly interesting and I found this not overly interesting but um, yeah it should be coming out soon I don't really think it's worth a rental if you can get a screener and you really you know I don't know like bunker movies like I can't think of a reason why someone would really enjoy this like the dialogue is fine it's just kind of boring nothing really happens and the ending is kind of lackluster and, and it really this was something that could have been 45 minutes to an hour and not 88 minutes runtime so uh, gotcha i would say uh skip this if i've given the opportunity to you
1: hear that folks heather powell is doing the dirty work for us
0: yeah i am i'm i'm just you know i just kind of consider myself a hero scott you know not I- all
1: heroes <laughs> wear capes heather
0: some of them watch Norwegian films
1: some of them um, watch some bad movies just because they want to
0: just well you know it was there yeah and I was home and I read the premise and I thought ah you know what give I was it like a shot.
1: I told you too like I was kind of looking forward to checking this one out because I was like oh this sounds pretty cool and then you're like yeah don't bother me. I'm Like, oh <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I went I, I just think it overstays its welcome like I think they could have done so much more um with it but that's just sure. look i'm yawning talking about it that tells you how great I thought it was. um you know it just, it, i just i just think there's other films you could watch like yeah this is a skip it, it really is
1: yep i i'm just going to avoid this one then
0: like the plague yes uh, uh So, I
1: guess we can jump into our older watches then.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've done a lot of the talking. Do you want to do your bottom three first and I'll go to mine?
1: My bottom three, like they're bad. Sorry, or something. I just how they're,
0: how they're, see, he's real sensitive because we all told him interview with a vampire sucks. So, interview
1: with a vampire is amazing and you know it and you shush.
0: Basic white bitch fucking. Interview. We're fighting. But okay, fine. We're fighting. But it's a basic, it's a, it's a, it's a vampire movie. For the mainstream, Scott, and that's fine. I like it too, but it's not like like it's 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 very beautiful vampires. They're yeah.
1: beautiful. Yeah, that's that's like one of the few types of vampire stories where it's the beautiful vampires I actually do like.
0: see, yes, yes, I think you dream that you're going to be Brad Pitt's character. That's why.
1: Oh, I so want to be Louie.
0: Yes, I know you do. See, I with that it. flowing long hair that I have. Yes, only it's on your face. It's on your beard. Oh actually. yes, fluff it. <laughs> so please check out if you have the chance to watch that legion podcast you can watch scott get real mad about interview with the vampire Bullshit. um and then people in the chat agree with me which was great i mean a lot i'm sure it had nothing to do with me being a female anyway yeah. and i'll say <laughs>
1: so, though i'm not gonna be too salty because my number my number one pick is my the number one movie so
0: yeah but everyone would have said that as the number one hey, you, you, shh, let me
1: have
2: this
0: <laughs> Okay, Let me have my minor victories. Okay. He's like, don't put baby in a corner. Um, <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'll jump into these movies. You go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't add one because I only looked at my what I started for first-time watches of 2021. But uh, I do want to bring up, I, I did end up for first-time watches of last year. I made it to 502 total. And uh, my 500th film, I wanted to choose something that was considered a classic. And that was Amicus's uh, Tales from the Crypt. I mm-hmm. uh, can't remember the date off my top of my head, but I think it's like 72, 74, somewhere around there. But it's uh like a horror anthology based off of the uh, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Vault, Horror of the Vault comic books back in the day, the EC Comics that the Tales from the Crypt TV series is based on later on. And, well, the first segment in this was actually the Santa Claus episode from Tales from the Crypt's first season. So that was kind of cool to seeing a different version of that story, which was really well done. And, yeah, they just... uh. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad I ended up finally sitting down to watch this. Uh, yeah, I could see why a lot of people in the horror genre like this one has like all the anthology stories are really cool and the wraparound is pretty neat as well. Um, but then I also decided that this year I was going to kind of learn, uh, take a dive into a little bit more of uh hammer horror films. So I decided to check out because I'm going to try to watch them in chronological order for the most part, like with Dracula, Frankenstein, all that so I started with Dracula from 1958 with Very nice uh, starring Christopher Lee and man, this was a really good take on the Dracula story from Bram Stoker. Like it's like that same story. And, Christopher Lee does just such a great job as uh, Count Dracula. He is, like, intimidating and scary. And I think it was Herbert Geddes uh, commented on my post about it, but he was, like, saying that Hammer is the first to bring out vampires with fangs.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, which I did not realize that. So, like, if that's the case, awesome. Uh, but, yeah, this was a really well-done movie. Uh also starred, uh, oh, my gosh, Christopher Lee and the da 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 da
0: and other really great actors from that time period, such as lots of great actors from that time period. God dang it. <laughs> this is why you pull it up on your letterbox, Scotty. You
1: you, you shush. I should have done this, but this is why I'll edit.
0: <laughs> no, you should leave it in. So you're like, oh, it's great because Peter, was- Cushing. 40- Peter Cushing. What are you Peter Cushing? Michael, I don't know, is that a well-known actor? Goat? And- uh, not okay. Not
1: that I know of, but yeah, it stars uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. That's that's the guy I was trying to think of because I can't believe I forgot his name because he's just as well-known as freaking Christopher Lee and so many freaking amazing movies as well. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend this if you have never seen it. Uh, definitely glad I checked this film out. Uh, then I ended up checking out the Fright Night remake from 2011 because of uh, Miss Heather Powell recommended it to me. Woo! I have to say, I I was one of those back in the day when this first got announced. I'm going, uh, a remake of Fright Night. We don't need this. I'm not going to bother with it. It's going to be bad. Then I, uh, since then, obviously, I've changed my tune with how I look at remakes. And I'm glad I gave this a chance because this was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the CGI is a little bit of its time. But, you know, can only fault it for that for so little. But uh like I thought everybody that played their parts in this did an amazing job. Made me so happy to see Tony Collette as the mother because she was just amazing. Um and Colin Farrell as uh Jerry was a very intimidating vampire. Complete he did a completely different style of vampire where uh Chris Randon was more charming and like just kind of trying to seduce everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Farrell's character is just more like, no, I'm just, I'm a badass vampire and I'm going to be intimidating as shit and make you feel awkward. And like, like I'm just not going to pull no punches. He's and, like, I'm going to
0: fuck you up.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. that's one thing I like about this remake is, you know, they went, they avoided the mystery of the whole Fright Night. Is he a vampire or isn't he a vampire? Is the kid really sure what he's seen? And they just said, no, you guys already know the Fright Night story. Colin Farrell's a vampire. We're not going to play footies around that. What you're going to watch is you're going to watch the kid try to explain to everybody that he's a vampire and try to convince them. And I like that, you know, this this remake just kind of said, yeah, we're going to take that story, but we're going to kind of do our own twist on it.
0: And I'm going to say this, and I don't care if it makes people mad, people who dislike this movie, because it's not like the original Fright Night, have a very misunderstood version of the original Fright Night. The original yeah. Fright Night is fine, but it is a child of 1985. Yeah. And it is it is good for the 80s, and it's good for nostalgia. And I think Chris Sarandon, no one can touch him in his acting ability, but there are other characters in that movie that I wanted to punch in the face. Yep. Like everyone else, basically. But Chris Sarandon and um, the ghost, the hunter? Yeah. The TV? Yeah.
1: I can't ghost. remember his, uh, the main actor's name in that. I'm looking that up right now.
0: And those are the only two salvageable people for me, personally um everyone else got better as the movie went on i will say the dancing in the club and stuff like that was great but with 2011 i think people really really play down the acting by anton who was taken from this world too soon who was Mm -hmm. phenomenal as charlie uh colin farrell was fucking dark man like you said it best he was fucking dark and yes the cgi was unnecessary but it has a 3.0 rating on So that's a pretty high rating for Fright Night a Remake for a horror movie. So I'm glad yeah. just to hear that what you had to say about it because, you know, to me, I don't even compare the two. I'm not like, one's better than the other because I don't want to get into that pissing contest. No, they're like,
1: Right. There's similar stories, but they're different enough that I don't even want to compare them.
0: I think if you watch the, the 1985 and you accept it as a nineteen eighty five and you rank it where you feel is appropriate for your vampire movies, that is absolutely fine. But to decredit to discredit the the remake because it didn't follow the exact formula is is not fair because yeah. it is a it is a well-acted film. It's probably better acted, to be honest with you, on average, because all the actors do a really good job. <laughs> it's just really the cgi and you know it doesn't have the magic of the original Fright Night. like there is a level of practical practical effects and other magic that comes from that original fright night that no one can touch um but i'm really happy to hear your thoughts on the 2011.
1: yep because i had a lot of fun with it and i'll even say like when i seen that cgi i was like i wasn't like oh god it's ugly cgi because you know what Films nowadays use CGI, and we just need to get over the fact that, you know, Mm -hmm. practical effects are difficult, they're messy, they're expensive. Yes, if a film does it, fuck yes. I love it. But if I am not going to fault a horror film in modern times for using CGI because it is cheaper and easier to do, and you don't have to hire on a whole huge crew to do it.
0: Especially if the rest of the film is pretty entertaining. you know and i'm not saying this is the best vampire film of all time by any stance but i think a lot of people just shit on it because it's a remake and and don't actually watch it and take it for value of that it's a well-made film if they had called this like the vampire next door people would probably have a lot more appreciation for it than they actually do um but because they labeled it fright night and there's you know similar storyline to an extent um you know people sometimes don't like that right so anyway Yes, yeah, so I say
1: that's my thoughts on that, but uh, I will jump into my last movie that I watched because once again, Heather and I have did, decided we're going to continue the first time watches just because it's fun and it's forcing us to like check out movies we may not mm-hmm. look, look at. Um, and Shutterhead had put one on there from 20, 2017 that I have heard plenty of people talk about and I just never got around to it. So I decided to check it out. And that is Super Dark Times, which is a movie based in the 90s without rubbing your face in it. Mm-hmm. And uh like I don't even think they mentioned the year at all and you don't even hear like 90s popular music playing. It's just like you can tell by the way the kids are dressed and what they're doing. Um and it's not like oh look, everybody's wearing giant jinko jeans. It's like you might see like one <laughs> character. Oh like they all got Furbies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like the way they do it is just like you should do without just like saying, hey, look at us. We're 1990s. <laughs> but, but no, they. Uh, this is about a story of uh, pretty much a, another one of those coming of age style stories, but with a dark twist to it because uh, these kids are all friends hanging out. And uh, one of them, like they sneak into one of the guy's brother's uh, uh, room because his brother is off in uh, military and they find a bag of weed hidden in his brother's drawer. So like, oh, we're going to take that and smoke it. So uh one guy takes it and uh and they also take his brother's samurai sword and they go out and start like just kind of swinging around chopping things up and whatnot and uh they uh, one of them finds out like that or one of they get into an argument and one gets pissed and well an accident happens involving the samurai sword and they have to try covering it up and that you pretty much watch the rest of the story as the rest of these kids are just trying to like figure out how to cover up what happened and try to play dumb but then at the same time one of them is acting out a little more than they should and it gets in a pretty dark uh area hence super dark times exactly but man this movie was so well done so well acted like i highly highly recommend checking this movie out
0: awesome i'm i you've sold it for me i'll definitely watch it i uh sounds like something i would dig
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of those like, you know, all kids style movie and the kid actors are all just incredible.
0: That's nice to see. Right. I like when you see kid actors really nail it out of the out of the park, right, or hit it out of the park. That's really awesome. Yeah, Um, it's a lot more fun. So I guess I'll move into my older ones, unless there was something else you wanted to add. Uh, nope, that was
1: all I've pretty much been watching uh I think uh, like I said, you have been like just uh going full steam ahead with your watches this week, so like you have gotten way more than I do at the moment
0: My maniac maniac on the run, <laughs> and I'm watching movies like I've never had before. <laughs> um all right, so I've been working through the hidden gems hundred hidden hidden gems over the last hundred years, but uh the horror cast put out uh, in November, they put two back-to-back episodes out where they talked about hidden gems from 1920 to 2020. And I I decided to go back to the 90s and watch a movie called Dead Man's Curve. Let me say, it's a shame that this movie didn't get more attention than it did. It would have been a light among some shit that came out in the 1990s. Um, it has some pretty big names in it. It has M- Matthew Lillard, uh Kira russell are are two of the big headliners in this film and it's probably matthew lillard's best performance if i was to see him at a convention i would tell him that i really enjoyed him in dead man's curve because i think he really i don't know if people bring that movie up to him a lot but it was it was a really solid performance the premises um These, these individuals go to a pretty prestigious school, and they're looking at doing grad school. And uh, there's a rumor that if your roommate commits suicide, you automatically are given a point a 4.0 grade point average, which basically gets you into any grad school you could possibly want to get into. And they uh, plot to kill the roommate and then things do not go as planned and matthew lillard is like if you thought he was fucking dark and scream he was poker he was pokaroo from the polka dot door in scream okay wow <laughs> he was mr fucking rogers because in this movie he is way darker way way more evil like just everything you if you are a matthew lillard fan and you have not seen this film i i strongly recommend it um it's available on amazon and i, I think it's worth your time yeah, so this is
1: this is one that i've wanted to watch after listening to the top 100 because uh they even compared this to the comedy that got the attention uh, dead man on campus because it's like the exact same story but done in a comedic way
0: yeah this this is not comedy um yeah. it is the opposite of comedy but fuck is it good uh strongly recommend
1: well, I'm going to watch this this week yeah. then.
0: Yeah, I would. I think you'll really like it. And it's safe for work. It, not yeah. that you watch movies at work, but if you were to ever do that, you could. <laughs> um, Let the right one in. 2008. What what can really be said about this film? You know, it's was ranked number one out of all our vampire films today, and it deserves it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I finally got around to seeing it. The acting, the script, the relationship between the two main characters—amazing. Um, yeah, some of
1: the best child acting I think I have ever seen.
0: Absolutely, you know, in French, you know, yeah. like again, French films just not. I think this one is Swedish. I thought it was French.
1: I'm looking look it, right it up. Now. Yeah, I'm looking.
0: You are probably right. I just always assume if something is good, it's French.
1: Yeah, because I think this one was Swedish. Because I think the uh, author of the book uh, is.
0: Okay, Swedish. you're right. It's Swedish. You're right. It's all Swedish names. Yeah.
1: Well, you're faster at that than I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, it's Swedish. My bad. Uh, but very, very good film. Highly recommend it for those who haven't had a chance to see it. Glad I finally got around to watching it. Uh, also from the top uh 100 gems is I watched The Awakening from 2011 Very, very good ghost story. It's a British ghost story about a woman who is uh basically she's a myth bunker, so she goes around and debunks myths of hauntings and exorcisms and stuff like that and she gets called to a school that is actually haunted and uh she has a personal connection to this ghost and it's it's a very very good story the acting is out of this world um, and it's a shame that i didn't know about this in 2011 like it really is a hidden gem so if you if you dig ghost stories and that's a jam watch the awakening very very good movie Nice. Uh, i think it's also available on amazon it's pretty easy to find a lot of these older films you can find or you can rent it if you feel so inclined to as well yep it's available on amazon but you can also rent it on google play if for some reason you don't have access to it so next is finally i watched the lost boys
1: Thou shalt not, not kill. kill. <laughs> uh 1987.
0: Uh fun film. Very, very fun film. Definitely do not have the love for it that other people do. No. But what a fun movie. Uh Keither Keither Sutherland is smoking hot um in it. He's fucking awesome. The the whole premise uh the turning the, the turning into a vampire some really funny lines and it's it was really well written that script was really well written and yes it's definitely produced for the masses it's definitely um a general public vampire consumption movie it's not a hardcore horror film but it's a fun film and the yeah. soundtrack is lit lit yes lit lit
1: Yep, it's and I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. It is twilight of twilight for the 80s.
0: It is. And I don't know why people are offended by that. Like it's it is what it is, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it's uh it's like, I'm not saying it as in, like, it's Twilight, and it's bad because it's Twilight. No, I'm just saying it's Twilight. Well, you know what? Robert story.
0: Patterson came out of Twilight. So before people start throwing their guns around too much, he's a pretty fucking amazing actor. So, yeah, you know, Um, and the Twilight series was entertaining. People can shit on that all they want, but that was made for mid- mainstream. That wasn't made for horror fans. No horror fan would go to Twilight and be like, oh, man vampire movie I've always wanted. It was made for mainstream people to go watch and it was a love story. That's what it was made for.
1: Yep, it was love story with very pretty, beautiful people in it. Mm -hmm. That was that's why I compared to Twilight.
0: Right. And um yeah, but I really dug The Lost Boys. I would say it's a little edgier than um than Twilight, but it's a product of the 80s. Like it's a reflection of the 80s. And I think this is where Yet again, nostalgia comes into things and people look back on films and they go, well, you know, I really like that. And that's OK. It's OK to have nostalgia. I have nostalgia for films that I really love, too. But there's also, you know, accepting that it was a product of that time. Yeah, exactly. And that people may not feel the same way who see it now it doesn't mean it's a bad film. It just means that it's a product of the time. One of my all time favorite films is To Kill a Mockingbird with, Greg- with um, Gregory Peck. Not everyone likes that fucking film. <laughs> Some I don't think I've film. ever seen it. Really, really boring. And that's fine. Like it, it came out at a specific time and it, and it, and it had a message at that time right so you sometimes just got to be okay with people not liking a movie that's from your childhood uh but i did enjoy it and i love the soundtrack oh man what a soundtrack
1: yeah that soundtrack is pretty <sighs> freaking awesome
0: Very and a and a fun easy digestible watch definitely a, a cool film yep now i've been challenging myself to watch older films and i did watch house on haunted hill 1959 hey with Vincent Price and you're wearing the t-shirt I got Scott the t-shirt for Christmas yes you did sorry I buy Scott so many gifts I lose track of what what I buy for him and what I get him shit yeah, um, so you and me
1: both. I, know, <laughs> I, get, right? I lose track with the too. We
0: like we cuz we can't see each other, we send our love through presents. That's we right. More materialistic now. We're not going to see each other again. Like
1: we're just going to have a huge collection of memorabilia that we send to each other <laughs> cuz right. we can never see each other again. That's <laughs> it.
0: I was talking with some girlfriends yesterday that knows who Scott is and we were talking about his birthdays in October and I really want to take him to the nightmares, um, haunted house in Niagara Falls. And I'm like, hopefully he can come out in October. And I really don't know right. if Scott and I will see each other in 2021.
1: <laughs> like we keep being hopeful, but like at this point, we're just like, you know, let's just be realistic and just say, we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> I really realized today when I was walking, I was, uh, sometimes I listen back to our shows to just see how I sound and see if I can sound better. And I thought, yeah, there may it may be two years before I see Scott again. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that may be like a complete because it's coming up on one year in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could, it will, it, it if October happens, I will be, I will be happy. But I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not counting on it. Um, right. So, which even if it was October, that'd be close enough to the two year mark anyway. <laughs> right. You know, that would be a year and nine months so yeah. it would be basically two years since we've seen which we've seen each other face to face yeah we see
1: each other all the time like through technology Through but technology like but
0: like not in person i'll forget how short he is so i'll see him again and i'll be like oh you're still not five foot nine um, and
1: I, and I, but i'll never forget how much of a smart ass you are
0: yeah that's true <laughs> you guys i don't know if scott's gonna include the um the outtakes
1: oh I will be, but I'll there's be I was going to mention that at the end of the episode
0: were you there's one where I sing the lollipop guild to him <laughs> I don't know if he still has that one I, it I was can't remember if early was, on
1: I can't remember if that was in our uh, outtakes or if that was part of the show
0: yeah at one point I asked you if you were part of the lollipop guild
1: <laughs> yeah I'll have to look I'll have to go back and see if that was an outtake <laughs> or if it was one of our episodes <laughs>
0: Fuck. such a dick <laughs> Gary right I am a
1: bully <laughs> You are, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Shouts out to
0: Gary Hill from uh, Two Drink Minimum Podcast and Burn it for Springwood. I really hope they have more of those. And Cinema Beef, of course, too. Um, anyway, House on Haunted Hill. Back we go to me talking about this movie. I really feel like this was a murder mystery, not a ghost story. And I yes. think because I went in thinking it was going to be a ghost story, I was slightly disappointed. Uh, but very well acted. I really appreciate actors from the fifties. I feel like they really like got into their roles and really emphasized what they were feeling very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vincent Price, man. Mm man if i had been a young lady in that day i would have totally
1: he is such a suave motherfucker
0: man i would have been like kings would have been off like that's that that's not even a question if you let
1: me i would go on an hour or so rant about how much this man is like done for our like for everything like he is just a man of many trades And he's just fucking phenomenal.
0: Well, we will have a Vincent Price episode for sure. Yeah. Like, I think that's just something that you have to do. Like, the man is an incredible actor. I didn't love the movie. I'll be honest. I I didn't love it. uh, Probably because I thought it was going to be something other than it was. But it's a well-made film and yeah. um i'm hoping as i go through these 50s films i can grow more of an appreciation for them i feel like i'm going to be one of those people that will say a lot of things like i respect it but it wasn't my jam and that's okay uh but you gotta expose yourself to this stuff to kind of like educate yourself a little. Bit
1: right and like well, i mean you are already doing better than like just kind of like me you and i both are doing better than most like that won't even give these older films a chance because for one True. oh they're in black and white oh they're silent films no it's like <laughs> i don't care about any of that it's like if the story is there count me in
0: well and if you don't try and you don't try to kind of learn about different movies that are out there then you're just gonna be watching the same old shit all the time and what's and what's the fun in that like how are you gonna expand like i feel like i have a much better understanding of cinema now and i talked about it in our our, uh our awards than i ever did prior to to this so yeah I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with what I've done so far. So those are my older watches.
1: That is awesome because yeah, you you definitely because uh, I think I've I've seen three out of the five that you watched, and the other two I am definitely going to be checking out now.
0: You really like the House on Haunted Hill, right? Oh, I love it. Okay, cause I just want to make sure that I got you um, the right T-shirt.
1: <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's one of those movies I grew up on as a kid because it's like one of those like easy to show a child because it's not super scary. And okay. so I got introduced to this movie a long time ago, and I just I just have a level of nostalgia for it and just love it. And it's just hokey and fun, kind of like uh, the way I look at the original 13 Ghosts. It's very hokey and fun,
0: mm. and, but
1: I grew up loving that movie as well. And But yeah, it's, it would probably be my top five Vincent Price movies.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad that I... I really hit it out of the park with your t shirt. Yeah,
1: you, you know me well enough to know that you, you know you got a right gift because I you love the shirt. Because
0: we just got to keep buying each other's love, Scott. It's going to be a couple right. years. So this <laughs> is what we're, it's what we're doing now. We're maintaining <laughs> our relationship through gifts. That's that's how this shit's going down. Right. <laughs> um, like we joked, but it's really not fucking far off from the truth.
1: <laughs> whether our love language is gift giving or not, well, we just got to deal with it at this point.
0: I don't even think it is but <laughs> we're just giving each other shit because we have nothing else but we do talk all the time we are lucky that way we have a pretty yeah. close relationship and friendship you know maybe when we get together we'll just talk to our phones and we won't even look <laughs> right we'll video call each other so we can just keep this magic going. like we'll
1: just keep talking but then we'll just kind of just like poke each other because it's like you're real
0: <laughs> yeah really you would do that. i would fucking break your finger by the eighth time that you did
1: that I would just hug you and just hold you because oh you would love
0: oh you're gonna hug me so hard aren't you oh I'm gonna hug God. you and never let you go because i know that's what you want Oh fuck my life. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we break off what we break off?
1: I'll break off, all right.
0: Break <laughs> it off. Why don't we get into what we've been listening to? Um, I guess I'll go first. So I actually want to talk about this uh podcast previously, but just didn't have a chance to. Fry gay the thirteenth. Have you heard them? Oh, <laughs> yes. These
1: guys are great.
0: <laughs> oh my god, they're so fucking funny. <laughs>
1: they are hilarious they are just so I love their perspective on everything too (laughs)
0: They're so funny so it's Andrew and Maddie Um, I listened to a couple different episodes one of my favorite was camping is terrifying and like um, I think it's Andrew like basically went off a rant about people that don't wear masks and I love it he's fucking full of piss and vinegar and fucking oh he is (laughs) but as I was listening to them I'm like holy fuck this is basically Scott and I (laughs) (laughs) I think we ripped off Friday the 13th because they also go over what they've been watching. They do that as well. So they talk yep. about what they've been watching um, and then they do an analyzation of two movies that fit their theme. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> i like i i know they did that but i just never compared us to it but that is hilarious because yeah it's very similar the
0: first time i was listening to it which was in november and i and i become an avid listener i don't think they listen to our 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 podcast um but if you guys do andrew maddie i love you i think you're amazing i look forward to listening to more stuff that you do um but i was like holy shit scott and i basically do the same format <laughs> A little different. We do it a little differently. Um, But yeah, they've been, like, they have this section of what you've been watching, bitch. I just think that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Like, I just, like, oh, my God. It's just so good. So they're on the Legion Podcast Network. I totally recommend listening to them. They also will play uh, voice messages from people that listen to their show, which I think is really awesome. And they're friends in real life like they get together and stuff yep um which I think is really cool because that's also like you and I (laughs) exactly (laughs) I never even (laughs) compared
1: us before but that's holy crap we are both very our shows are very similar that is hilarious so
0: you know hopefully I'll be able to befriend them and maybe we'll have a crossover one day
1: that would be amazing
0: right um because I think that they're Super cool. So Friday the 13th, if you are uh, listening already on the Legion Podcast Network, you can find them on there. They, they choose a theme, they dive deep with it, they talk about what they've been watching, and they're very intelligent, as well as they're informed. And, you know, they come to it from a different perspective, and I don't want to focus on that as the only thing. They are openly gay, and they are open about that perspective, um, but they have so much to offer, so please check yes. them out.
1: Yep, yeah, and if we ever do a collaboration with them, we'll call it the Fry Game Nightmares Podcast.
0: Oh man, like I... it's just it's, it's, it's a match it, made in heaven. It wouldn't be hard. We basically do the same fucking show, so right. I'm sure it would be fine. So um, yeah, they probably just they just do it better. That's really yeah. what it comes down to.
1: Pretty much. Right? But yeah, I definitely recommend listening to their show. Their show is fantastic.
0: Like, even their personality types. One's like outgoing and loudmouth and doesn't care and like shuts up the other one all the time, which is me. Yep. And the other one's like super considerate and detailed and talks about information and really respectful, which is you. So, like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're
1: mirror images.
0: We really are. It's really quite funny, actually. But anyway, that's Friday the 13th Horror Podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely go check them out. Great, great show. Um, another great show, and this one has been around for quite a while now too. Uh, I'm sure no one's ever heard of these guys. Oh, never. But uh, I'm talking about the Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, uh, which has Moods Six One Six, Jeremy, and JP Shot. And these guys have been pre- these guys. These guys are pretty much like the kings of horrorophilia, right alongside Exploding Heads. Uh, mm-hmm. They have gone independent because I don't believe they have decided to go with Dark Discussions. I think they're just kind of going to go off on their own and do their own thing. Oh, okay, which, good for them. Yep, which I think they've got a big enough following and whatnot. They can do that. And they they do also like Exploding Heads. They do the YouTube uh, video alongside Patreon, their audio yeah. release. And yep, they have their own huge Patreon. But these yes. guys always do like, what do they call it? The dub dub dub, uh, which is their what we watch <laughs> and uh and then they also do like they don't do a theme with their movies but they like well they might do a theme with their movies depends but like i know in november they do uh like i forget what they call it but it's like basically covering giallos all all the yeah. month of november
0: they've also done like all the hellraisers that's the one i listen to and their episodes are long yeah like, you... you guys go at it for four or five six hours
1: yeah i'll say these yeah they're their shows are long long format shows and yeah that's one thing they do is they do a lot of franchise episodes and They won't talk, like, one or two. No, they'll talk the entire franchise, no matter how many movies are in it. Like, they did the Puppet Master franchise, which I think was 14 movies, and they did it all in one episode, which was insane. Which is
0: crazy! Like, and they're firecrackers, man. Like, they oh, they are, are so passionate. And I've you know spoken to moods a couple of times, and uh more than probably the other two. I've never really spoken to Jeremy, just here and there online and JP and groups and stuff like that. And they're very knowledgeable, they know what they're talking about, and they're just they're on fire. Like they are people that are on fire and are fun to listen to, but you gotta be okay with listening to debating yep. um, a lot of passion. Um, they don't hold back, they're they're definitely not PC. So you you know have to be comfortable with that if that's a show that you want to listen to. Um, yeah, and, and they really have paved the way for podcasts and they've been around for a very long time. And I'll be honest, when I first heard their podcast and I remember hearing 22 Shots, all I could think of was the song, Shot, 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 and yeah. <laughs> I drink a lot. And I was like, man, that's a cool fucking name. <laughs> uh,
1: well, when I first started, I'm going, that is such a weird name for a horror podcast. But then as you listen to the show, you see where they kind of got the name and they pretty much just took their their youtube names and kind of mash them all together when they three formed together and that's how they got the name. cool yeah and um where was i gonna go with this but uh one thing i did want to give a shout out to is uh jeremy because he brings knowledge that not a lot of podcasters have and that is actual on the scene knowledge of filmmaking. Yeah,
0: he's industry knowledge because he works yeah. in the industry
1: yeah so he has like some insight on certain films and stuff like that that you know i got a lot of respect for hearing
0: yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, these are two podcasts we've talked about today that are are leaders in, in the podcast community. They have different shows. They have different, uh, levels of uh pc that they engage in um so you're going to be a different crowd going to be attracted to either one i would say but yep. we're both very very high quality so you know check them out please support our broadcasting brothers and sisters and i have one final shout out to give um abraham ram so the ram man the ram man is a very very well-known listener and he does ram man reviews and he does a lot of other stuff but i think what a lot of people don't know is that he's also in a band and his band's yeah. name did you know that scotty I did recently find that out. Do you follow his band? I do not. You're not a good friend. I am not. I need to be a better friend. So his band is called Passive Aggressor. Uh, They have recently come out with a bunch of songs that are on Spotify, such as Low Hanging Fruit, as well as Cocaine Eyes, which were two songs that I listened to last night. He's a drummer for the band. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, Ram Man supports a lot of podcasts, and Ram Man is very talented, and I don't think he really shares his talent with the world as much as he should. So if you like metal, I guess this would be considered hardcore metal. I'm not really the best at knowing genres, but it is hardcore. Like it is loud, it is <laughs> it is in your face music, but it's a lot of fun. Sounds like you, my
1: type of shit, right? there. it is your type
0: of stuff. So it's passive aggressor. You can follow them on YouTube as well as Spotify. And we'll include the links um in our in our show notes, but please check them out.
1: Yeah, I'll say support our friend, because he is a just an all-around great dude. And he is.
0: And he's talented.
1: Yeah, I'll say, and he's got some got amazing talent. And I've I'll say and I think he's even guest spotted on a few shows like for being a patreon or something like that but i think he's been on a few shows too which was awesome to hear him
0: well he is a patreon on exploding heads and i don't know if he's been on kill the cast but i know that uh, jerry shouted him out early early on when i started listening to kill the cast and he's a drummer and drummers are fucking hot so everyone should like ram man because drummers are smoking and ram man smoking so go i mean to smoke his show
1: and smoking ram man oh she my god ever. can you
0: imagine if you were on a podcast panties would just be thrown at the panties would drop (laughs) panties boxers everything everything would drop there would be dropping everywhere clothing
1: would be everywhere (laughs) lots of sweaty sweaty bodies
0: (laughs) sweaty sweaty bodies all around sounds like a concert man fuck i miss concerts (laughs) someday soon someday soon so we're gonna take a brief break Um, And then after these messages, we'll be back and we will be talking about our main topic. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Cha-cha. And welcome back. So, uh, to start off our 2021 year of (laughs) who the fuck knows, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're just, just like the year we're just kind of rolling with it. (sighs) Yeah. Like. Though I will be done by grad school by the end of 2021. Yes, hopefully. that'll
1: be amazing. So
0: maybe when I saw you, I was on course two. When I see you again, I may be graduated. <laughs> right, I don't that's know what crazy. that says. That says two years without hanging out in person. But anyway, um, we're not here to talk about Scott's and I's lack of seeing each other. We're here to talk about seeing other things.
1: Yes. Like things.
0: So Scott and I had talked about how there's some famous Japanese films that have been remade as American films, and uh, Scott and I had never seen the originals for any of them.
1: Nope, right? and hell, some of the remakes even.
0: Yeah. So it was something that we decided that we we put this on the docket for our show back back when we brainstormed so long ago. I think, yeah, last I think it was
1: on our very first episode because it was shortly after The Grudge came out. We were mm-hmm. talking
0: about it. So a year later, we finally got around. Um, to talking about it. We thought it would be a good way to kick off 2021. Um, because we will, you know, as as uh we keep having people that are interested in being guest spots. So there's definitely some big hitters that uh <laughs> you want to be on our podcast. So this is good that Scott and I can knock this out of the park and then hopefully have guests on and stuff this year as well. But anyway, oh, yes. um, so ghosts and demons of Japanese folklore. So we're gonna take a look at storytelling um, in the Asian culture, specifically Japan, with the storytelling in the Western culture, so looking at, you know, mostly United States and and Canada, and just what the big differences are. So even though we're looking at Japan, we are including a lot of Asian um, countries in this, because a lot of them do share similarities when it comes to storytelling. So our first article is Ghosts and Demons of Japanese Folklore. And this we found on fanina.com, which just you know basically explores the origins of Japanese folklore. So the article starts off with talking about the phantom. So the phantom is an image that refuses to go away. It's an absence from a place unknown and who isn't where it ought to be. In the West and in the East, we identify ghosts with spirits of dead people, especially if the death occurs in a violent or painful context. Despite our religious beliefs, death is also a social construct and ghosts is in a metaphoric sense, can be understood as fixed ideas of the collective imaginations that refused to lead. So it's true, we, um, death is something that is a scientific thing, but how we view death And how we react to it in a social context is decided by our social interactions with each other. Yeah. Right? So Western culture has a ritual when it comes to funerals and death. And so does Asian cultures. So I think it's interesting that it kind of just starts off with that right away. Because it is true. We have socially constructed the beliefs of ghosts from that. So the mythological creatures of Japanese folklore have arrived in the West primarily through horror movies like The Ring. And through Mega and Anime but traditional stories can likewise instill fear with the air that the utter and with an air that is utterly terrifying by american standards very true different kind of terrifying yep um this includes some ghosts with noble lineages from the history of japan um, who represent a Presence inseparable from Japanese historical sites. Although many of these ghostly figures were involved with mortal dangers in their legends of origins, their representations and humanizing details of the, of the personalities have become humorous. As with the figures of the Ku and other figures that are the cuckoo, or other figures aimed mostly at scaring children. So yet again, a lot of these ghosts have been used to kind of scare children into desired behaviors. Do this. Or this bad spirit will come and get you or do something to you, be a good person, or this bad spirit will punish you. Now, you had an experience or you were familiar with one of the ghosts here, Scott. Um, Onya? Yeah, Oni. Oni. Oni, what was your background with knowing about that? We were talking about it yesterday.
1: Um, My background kind of actually comes from, uh, (laughs) funny enough magic the gathering
0: nice nice nice
1: because uh there's uh certain cards in that that had uh they went to a like japanese theme style uh card set and there were the demons in that were called onis so that intrigued me so i kind of looked into it a little bit and realized you know that they were actually pulling from mythological culture and then i had watched uh i think it was like the criterion movie onibaba from like the 1960s and it basically was about a uh a wounded samurai that was left behind like during a battle but he was wearing the uh the frightening masks that samurais wore which were based off of oni caricatures and I learned a little bit more from that.
0: Awesome. And I think that goes to show that being in the magic card deck, how, you know, more Japanese folklore has integrated into Western society, Mm -hmm. and where your familiarity with it came from. So of course, you know, this allows us to continue to build on this original uh, folklore in Western culture. So a follow up to this article kind of expands on this a little bit more, chronicling Japanese folklore, the ghosts and the monsters. So we found this article as well at Torn.com, so we'll include the link so you can take a look at it. So Japanese stories have their roots in Japan's unique religious background, whose hybrid of Buddhism with Santo animism adds a unique moral and storytelling logic to these tales, presented in no other folklore tradition where twists and turns unexpectedly within Western horror conventions are much of why fans of the weird, creepy, and horrific findings such extratory power in the creation of Japan. So basically, um, folklore in Japan has lots of twists and turns, which we can definitely talk about when we get into the movies. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. hard to follow. Um, and then it's adopted into Western conventions, which sometimes makes it a little more clear. And, and kind of, I don't want to say... Boone feeds the audience, but speaks to the audience in a way that reflects more Western norms and religious background beliefs. So Japanese ghosts are regional tales passed down at festivals and storytelling events in rural parts of Japan. And like many other oral traditions, they dwindle substantially over the 19th century and 20th century with the rise of cities and centralizations and city dominated entertainment provided by cheap printing, radio, film, and television. So I think you could argue the same thing happened for us too. We see the change of, you know, Western stories being kind of, um, moving away from that campfire tale kind of verbal storytelling to more of the traditional ways of storytelling but the interesting thing about Japanese culture when it comes to their ghost stories is every everything has a moral lesson to it and sometimes things don't work out because you didn't do things that is going to allow it to work out and generally in um, western ghost stories we tend to have happy endings you know yep. we look at the Annabelle series for example and we look at how Annabelle you know I don't know have you seen all the Annabelle movies?
1: I have not seen a single one of them actually.
0: Oh, I chose a really poor example. I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I thought you've seen it. Anyway, it's an evil doll, and you go through the films of them trying to control this evil doll, and eventually locking it up. So you know, there's a there's a happy ending to it, right? right. And in a lot of the in all the Japanese we films we watch, there's there's only one that has a quasi happy ending, right? Like yeah. that you could argue is a quote unquote happy ending, but not really. Um, where Western stories tend to focus more on history and more or less telling tales and more about the ghosts getting revenge for personal reasons instead of moral reasons. So and we look at the history of ghost stories, and you can find this at History.com. Yet again, we'll include the links. Since ancient times, ghost stories, tales of the spirits who returned from the dead to the haunted place they left behind, have figured prominently in the folklore of many cultures around the world, including those of the West. A rich subset of these tales involves historical figures ranging from queens to politicians to writers to gangsters, many of who died early violent or mysterious deaths. So what is a ghost? So... Scott, I don't I don't think Scott believes in ghosts. I do. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Scott now believes in ghosts. I should now. know that. <laughs> but I wasn't sure if he did when we first started podcasting together.
1: Yeah, because I, I, there's always been like certain things that's happened that I just were unexplained. And you know mm. me with my logical way. Of exactly.
0: Thinking. You're very logical.
1: But, you know, I do believe that there is some type of energy that is left behind for like when someone passes, especially if it's in a traumatic way or a significant way that just kind of stays around the area interesting
0: well i'm i'm glad that you that you feel that way because that's exactly what the concept of a ghost is <laughs> yeah so the concept of the ghost also known as a specter is based on the ancient idea that a person's spirit exists separately from his or her body and may continue to exist after that person dies because of this idea many societies began to use a funeral ritual as a way of ensuring the dead person's spirit would not return to quote unquote haunt the living uh, which is something that's very common I think in all cultures is burying the dead or cremating the dead whatever that may be uh, to prevent the spirit quote-unquote from returning places that are haunted are usually believed to be associated with some occurrence or emotion that goes past they're often a former home or a place where he or she died very common in western ghost stories we see that like the haunted school or the haunted house or the haunted graveyard like there's always some kind of connection to The ghost went there in the living and that's why they choose to haunt it Um, so there's a couple of different famous ghosts that people know of one of the first uh, one that was most frequently talked about dates back to the 16th century of Anne Boleyn the second wife of Henry VIII and the mother of Queen Elizabeth I was executed in London Tower in May 1536 after being accused of witchcraft, treason, incest, and adultery. Because, you know, King Henry was a stand up good guy. Um, <laughs> signing of Berlin's ghosts had been reported in the tower, as well as very other locations, including her childhood home. Now, obviously, some people say she's seeking vengeance. She walks around carrying her head, etc., But there's no real moral reason behind her haunting. The idea is she's just pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's looking for revenge and this is an american one i don't know if you've heard of this one um americans own rich tradition of go- historical ghost begins with one of its most um illustrious founding fathers benjamin franklin beginning in the late 19th century franklin's ghost was seen near the library of the american philosophy society in philadelphia pennsylvania and some reports held that the statue of franklin in front of the society comes to life and dances in the street have you heard of this i have not well clearly you need to get out more (laughs) clearly i do (laughs) so here we have two very famous historical figures and discussion of their their hauntings and those of their hauntings don't involve anything too over the top they tend to involve things that are just like them being there them wandering around now there's another there's some other stuff here that goes into the history of hauntings i'm going to skip over that i think the most important thing that we can pull out of this article and of course you can go online and read the entire thing if you would want is that western halting hauntings are always based with a person or or a spirit coming around being seen and usually either being vengeful for its death looking for help but there's no real moral to their haunting there's no real lesson that we're learning from their haunting which is very different from japanese folklore well, yes that ties into moral lessons so why don't we get into our movies And I will let Scott introduce them, like he always does. I'm going to go up to the top here. And we're going to start with the movie that began it all, you could argue, when it comes to Western adaptations. A popular ghost stories.
1: All right. So, yes, uh, the first movie we'll be talking about tonight is Ringu, which was initially released on January 31st of 1998 in Japan. A woman and her ex-husband investigate a series of teen deaths caused by mysterious videotape. Their investigation takes an ugly turn when their own son becomes a victim.
0: So Scott and I watched this movie for the first time together last weekend. Uh, last Sunday, actually, to be exact. Yep. And I had never seen Ringu. Um, Nor have I, I. I had seen the original Ring many a times, one of my uh, preferred ghost stories. And I was really excited for Ringu because I heard it was scarier than the Ring um first of all the difference in the two storytellings of this is clearly ringu there is more of a moral message throughout it um it's a slower burn to kind of reveal the reasons behind the haunting and and this is going to include spoilers as well of uh, the young lady who was killed And it it definitely, I I saw where the American remake was almost scene to scene at times, um, especially opening with the two schoolgirls. The interesting thing about the opening scene in Ringu is that they don't show the terrified look of the schoolgirl like they do in the Ring remake.
1: Yeah, like they show it later on, like when like there's like a quick flashback that her mother, the mother has, but
0: which was some anxiety—her mom sliding open the closet and then seeing the young lady, but. Scott, what 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 did you take away from these two films? What what did what was similar? What did you like? What did you not like? Um,
1: I don't know. This one, uh, well, with the original Ringu, like the only issue I really have with it is the pacing because this one just felt uh, a bit long in the tooth,
0: and yeah, it does kind of drag out the storytelling.
1: It does, and. But, like, it does, like, where the American remake, just kind of, like, typical American or Western style, ramps up the, ramps it up and speeds it up with, like, the way everything happens. Yes. Yes. Because I've noticed with a lot of Japanese storytelling, especially with movies that we've done, majority of them are a lot slower of a burn, kind of just telling the story of the characters, not the ghosts. And, like, the ghosts are just kind of part of the story. Mm -hmm. And in the American versions, they just kind of ramp up the scares a little bit more and uh just kind of tried to make it like a little bit more faster paced because you know we have a short attention span apparently
0: <laughs> well and i think it also comes to what creeps us out in our culture like if we really look at the beginning scene here the two young ladies are are talking about how one of them saw the video they get a call from it's a They hang up, the TV turns on, you don't see anything else. You find out she's been killed. You find out that her aunt, who is a news reporter, is investigating this videotape. And, you know, she goes through the pictures of the people that stayed at the cabin who originally watched the the tape and their faces being distorted. So it's almost like a slower burn up to it, where in the Ring remake, you see Amber Timlin's fucked up face right away. Like you see you know she comes her friend comes upstairs and sees her and it's a pretty intense scene like it's a pretty like to the punch and i think that that just is what western culture is more attracted to because in from my understanding of the japanese culture it's this slow descent into the terror yeah. and it's the wrong was done here nothing can be fixed it's a lot more superstitious and they seem to have higher superstitions than we do as a western culture we tend to believe a lot in not that japanese don't believe in science or anything like that but we tend to if someone is very religious in our culture they they're tend to look at as dumb
1: yeah no right. um- and this kind of brings up a conversation I had with uh, Tim, my roommate, because mm. we, talk- we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. But uh, he was saying, you know, with like Japanese having more superstition than us, he's like, we well, got to look at it this way is uh, Japanese has thousands and thousands and thousands of years of built up superstition, where at least for America, we only have a couple hundred years. Well, same with so Canada. A- you, can yeah.
0: argue, you can put the same, the two together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like we're kind of like the baby countries. Yeah. Where like we don't have like the built up superstition like they did and like a lot of theirs have been passed on from generation to generation where ours we started like because we didn't you know we weren't a country like we were until a couple hundred years. So, mm-hmm. like, we don't have like the buildup of thousands of years of tradition and like honoring of these things.
0: And we came from a British society. We all stem back from British, and British was based in the in Christianity, right, in Protestant. So, like, you know, there's also the religious factor of that too, right? So yeah. the 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 folklore telling and stuff is going to be different. But what I did appreciate about Ringu is the practical effects of the film. I do really appreciate in the scene, I would say a probably famous scene where um, Samara, or known as Sadoko, Sadoko? Yeah, Sadoku. Sadoku crawls out of the TV. It's practical. And it's a lot cooler. Like, I'll be honest, that scene right there for practical effects for 1998 is pretty sick. Um, Yeah. Nothing can real touch how good that was done, because honestly, when I watch the remake, I find that ending scene creepy but cheesy. I'm like, "Eh, oh, yeah, kind of cheese cheese, because all you see is the eye like it gets real like fucking cartoony, like towards the end, just before I guess you could say the attack or whatever occurs. Um, but I do think The Ring did a really good job of doing a scene by scene remake, but also kind of tying in the pieces that we wouldn't have gotten from Ringu, you know, if yep. we just watched Ringu. But then again, what if we had just seen Ringu? So let's imagine The Ring didn't exist. You and I knew nothing of the story and we went and saw Ringu for the first time. Do you think the impact would have been different?
1: Um I'm honestly not too sure because, at least for me, because this is one of those movies that I'm not that big of a fan of the American or the Japanese. Like, Mm. I find them just okay. Okay. But I never was. Like, I love the idea of the whole story, but like the movies just never really did it for me. Why? I don't don't honestly know. Like, I think it's mainly because. I don't know this didn't have like that sense of dread to it it was more like a mystery which I which I've come to learn is just a lot of the Japanese ghost stories for the most mm-hmm. part is more mystery than it is scares and i think that's more just like the western side of me i like it a little more scary there are some creepy elements in ringu and ring but i i don't know i feel like they're both just uh really long drawn out movies with not a lot that happens besides like
0: yeah, even the ring because yeah. i find the ring terrifying i i still don't like the whole video thing i i find naomi watt's performance in it is phenomenal i find it really scary i find that really interesting that you know or or how she sleeps samara sleeps in the barn and the horses ride her crazy and all the fucking shit she does and like i find it extremely disturbing but maybe that's just because i believe in the like this child being killed and then coming back as this evil entity was evil in life and is now evil in death and maybe that's why it gets to me more i I don't know
1: yeah i'm not like i'll say it's kind of hard to pinpoint because uh Like we'll be getting into it more with some of these movies, but like there's only two of them that really like had that effect on me that I like
0: that I thought were creepy. So we'll just read the IBM for or IMDB for The, uh, for the Ring. Well, moving forward, I think Scott should probably read both of them together. Uh, we didn't okay. think about that when we did that. Oh, exactly, yeah. Right? So The Ring was initially released in Canada and the United States in October 18, 2002. After a news Katie's horrifying death, Rachel, a young journalist, investigates a mysterious videotape that kills its viewers within a week's time. Um, you know, it's not far off from the original synopsis of Ringu. And I would say it's a pretty much a scene-by-scene remake. With yeah. the exception that they had horses in and that it's a farm instead of like some kind of like um just a Japanese house where a young girl was living and was kind of taken advantage of by the gentleman or the priest that lived there like a little bit of a different story from where the evil came from um but just as impactful of a story but yeah definitely I think Ringu if if you want to watch um if you're looking expanding to watch Japanese films just be aware that um it's not going to be as sensationalized as the ring uh, it's going to be a lot of character development a lot of story development and not a lot of jump scares um
1: yeah and the, and this is also another thing i've noticed with a lot of these japanese films too is no music to cue you when to be scared and whatnot
0: yeah yeah like
1: we we rely a lot on that in like a lot of the western culture films
0: I definitely think the ring is an example of they took ringu and really injected it with scary steroids for western culture um now obviously if we talk to someone who's from japan and and maybe more familiar with the folklore they could expand a little bit more on ringu but i think for 1998 when it came out using the whole videotape concept um, both of them had a similar ending where things were not okay um, right. and what the individual needed to do in order to make sure things continued to be um, okay for her and her son was was good like I think it kind of showed both the reality and we can't and we can't credit the ring for that we credit Ringu for that yep. Um so I think that was you know a good example anyway so
1: yeah I was saying like um, that's one thing about these movies too like uh, they are more kind of just like the slower pace style so like you just got to kind of go into that knowing it and I think that may be part of the reason why, like, The Ring, when I seen that first in theaters back in the day, never really had that effect on me. Mm. Like, because, I, like I say, it just didn't have enough going on for me at that time. Like, I... But I have a lot of respect for these films. And I I thought I was going to pee pee
0: my pants when I saw The Ring. (laughs) I was so scared. I still don't like rewatching it. I don't. It creeps me the fuck out. It really, really does. Um, Partly because I had a TV. I used to have a TV in my bedroom when I moved into my house with my ex-husband. And uh, I'm really glad when I got rid of that TV because that scene in the ring has never left me. It really hasn't. Um, it, is, it is ingrained in me. So I, I find it fascinating that it just doesn't affect you.
1: Yeah, I'll say I, I'm not exactly 100% sure. Well, you're soulless. That's I was going to say, but this does give me an idea, though. So what you're saying is uh, I should send you a uh, videotape someday. For Yeah, for send a me a
0: videotape that I won't be able to play because I well, don't have VHR. Well, don't worry. Me. <laughs>
1: Who's got at least 10 VCRs? I'll send you one of those, too. Oh, God.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And scott get right on that that'd be awesome all right i'll do that um so let's get to our next film
1: all right this one we'll have some uh interesting discussion about i'm sure <laughs> uh, but the next film on our uh, topic is pulse which was initially released on february 3rd 2001 in japan uh, after college student taguchi commits suicide a number of young adults living in tokyo witness terrifying visions transferred across the internet As more people disappear throughout the city, the internet becomes a breeding ground for malevolent spirits. Three seemingly disconnected stories follow Michi, Ryosuke, and Haru as they attempt to solve the mystery behind the ghostly visions that are seeping beyond their computer monitors. And then Pulse in America was initially released on August 11, 2006. Hacker Josh stumbles upon a powerful wireless signal developed by Douglas Ziegler, a whereby a mysterious force robs people of their will to live leading to a suicide epidemic. Now this, out of all these films, these two are probably the most different.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Like I, and I, we were discussing this yesterday and I, I almost broke your heart. I think when I told you that neither one of these stories worked at all for me and I found them very just slow and i but at the same time i love the idea behind this the this movie especially like it is just i would recommend this to anybody just for some reason it just once again just did not pull me in i found it was kind of a bit slow but i know that is not the fact with you
0: no i uh this has definitely moved the japanese original in 2001 has definitely moved to one of my favorite ghost stories of all time um what really st- Stood out to me to this was the natural character development. Um, you know, we see a bunch of characters start off, they're working in a plant shop. One of their colleagues is late to work, hasn't been at work for a while. They go to check on him because he's working on some kind of computer, um, some computer disk. And they go, they're, the person's acting really apathetic. And uh, while they're there, the uh the person that was missing who they do find at the apartment ends up killing himself yeah and like in such a non-chalant like, manner he just yeah, hangs himself hangs himself yeah and it continues to follow a series of different characters that are trying to crack the code behind this um this basic videotape and every time somebody or this um this disc that keeps getting passed around. And every time someone passes away, red tape is put along the door. And I think it's natural human curiosity. People either forget stuff in their apartment or want to figure out what's going on. They remove the tape, which is seen as keeping the evil spirits in and going in. And they will just hear or see their friend saying help me help me but when they walk closer to it it's only almost like a black water stain on the wall yeah and the reason why i enjoyed this film so much is it really takes a non-sensational look at suicide and ghost haunting uh it's it's the actual person standing there and then then they get closer it disappears and there's just a black stain on the wall and i can't think of anything more fucking terrifying than thinking i see my friend walking over i don't know eight feet, not even, and them disappearing to a black space and still yeah. hearing, help me, help me, help me. Like I, it, it chills me to the bone, <laughs> the thought of that. And the ghosts are so real looking. They're just like normal looking people because they are people. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I really respect that where in the American remake, they made the ghost over the fucking top, like coming out of washing machines and with
1: multiple limbs, multiple
0: limbs and just all this shit that what I like so much about the Japanese film is that it was just people. It was their friend. It was seeing their friend. And there's a, uh, as, as these people work at this plant shop and, and slowly each of them are killing themselves, one of the main characters says to her boss, You know, I'm really concerned about my friend. Should I talk to him? And he talks her out of it. He says, Well, you could, but what if they get upset? Because no friend really wants to have difficult conversations. That's not what friendship is. And I was like, Holy fuck, is that heavy and true? Yeah, that so is very he, true. Because a lot of times we superficially we'll say hey you okay yeah i'm fine like that's why we have the suicide rates that we do in both of our countries like it's it's the reality right is that sometimes we don't want to know if something's wrong because we don't know how to fix it and if we don't know how to fix it then we don't necessarily want to know about it and i thought that it did a really good job of exploring that and then basically the slow decline on how things basically fucking fall to shit and how the one character seems to escape it enough Um, at the end but the question is whether they'll fully escape it is is completely unclear um
1: and i think this is pretty much one of those where it's just uh everyone on the planet is doomed at this point like i don't think there is i think the whole world is just gonna become those black stains on the walls or on the floors or wherever they're at
0: right and and it kind of ties into you know, and there's a difference. This was in Japan in 2001, which is basically talking about the invasion of technology and how it allows us to distance and how we have less connections with people and people are getting depressed. Now, the 2006 version tried to do the same thing. Yeah, and and it, it was over the top. <laughs>
1: it's, well, for one, like, like I, I think I told you yesterday when we were discussing it, like, I felt the uh, Japanese one was a bit long, like, <laughs> uh, runtime wise. But at the same time, the American one shortened it way too much and yes. tried to cram too much in and just tried to make it like almost, I wouldn't say action y, but more action oriented than the slow, just dreadful pacing of the uh, Japanese pulse.
0: I agree with you 100%. I feel like the American pulse was like, nah, jump scare, nah, jump yeah. scare, No, nah, jump scare, scary like, goes jump scare. Like whoever watched, like, whoever watched the uh, original pulse was just going,
1: you know, I like the story. It's just not scary. Doesn't make me jump out of my seat. Okay. So let's do that. Shorten it. Boom. Make everything jump scare.
0: <laughs> make everything jump, jump, jump. And, and it really was. And there was just so much over explanation, which is fine because it's Western culture and I get it. That's the way that they have to communicate it of like, suicide is sad. I'm sad. Cause my friend killed himself. And when, you know, they would get, <clears throat> when they would see a ghost from the computer from the disc or if they went to where the person killed themselves like (laughs) what made me chuckle was there was a scene where the first character kills himself so they kind of follow it a little bit they don't work in a plant shop but yeah character kills himself she sees it she forgets something in his apartment so she has her friend go back to get it and it's it's an odd scene she's like i forgot this thing in blah blah's apartment i cannot go back fred can you go back to blah blah's apartment (laughs) Oh, and of course, it's like the cocky kind of asshole guy. Yep. Right? Who goes back, and then he starts to see these images, and slowly declines. And and then they run into a, a couple when everything's going to shit. That's like you're right; everything's going to shit. Oh my gosh! Don't trust it. Like they had to explain everything, which which yet again is fine. That's Western storytelling, and I and I won't completely fault it for that. I just feel like it was a product of 2006. I feel like this movie came, came out in 2001. All these other very successful japanese very good japanese remakes because the ring is an academy award winning film compared to the pulse and you know they were like hey let's make some fast cash and remake this really cool japanese horror movie yeah 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 yeah. okay let's throw a bunch of fucking teens in it that no one knows yeah 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 yeah." (laughs) (laughs) right um and (laughs) yeah i i definitely was not impressed personally
1: no i i i found uh whereas the original pulse i'm like I said, I wasn't in, like I was invested, but I wasn't at the same time. Like it just wasn't keeping me. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't hate my time with it. Where the Pulse remake, I was just waiting for it to be over. I'm like, okay, this is this is just not. You're missing the point of the original film.
0: Like we'll give the Pulse remake because credit because Christian Bell was in it, yeah. so that helped her get a start. But. <laughs> You know, like, I think she did that for money and to, like, continue to build her career. Because
1: I I know a movie that she starred in way before this that I think is what kind of jumped her career. But, like, yeah, because, like, at the time, this is what uh, American actors wanted to do was jump into these, like, Japanese remakes because this was the big horror movie ticket to get you known.
0: Well, and look how well it had done for, you know, Naomi Watts, right? Or a movie that we're going to talk about in a little bit with another well-known um Actress. actress right so Christina Milian was also in this one as well too which I always find really funny you know Christina Milian is right I don't she's think an R- I do. she's an R&B singer oh okay She uh, a lot of hits in the 2000s so Wait, you like- mean another
1: R&B singer in a horror movie no that doesn't ever happen that, isn't
0: that crazy but I really have a lot of respect for the original Pulse and I think if you really to me if you enjoyed Suicide Club I think you'll enjoy the Pulse um, or Pulse not the Pulse uh I, I do think there's some similarities to the two, but I just think they're both really good slow burns. It definitely was right up my alley, not so much for Scotty but definitely for me it uh, it did a good job of being creepy and subtle which i really respect and appreciate and they, and yet again th- that you don't have to be over the top to be scary and no. i really appreciate this about the film is that it it was it it let you be scared and it let it linger it didn't be like jump scare scared okay now we relax for a little bit jump scared scared now we relax for a little bit it just let you be creeped out throughout the entire thing
1: Right. And I will say, um, I want to go back and watch this again at some point, the, uh, the original Pulse, because I have a feeling I will like it more now that I know what I'm getting into. I think when, because I would say out of all the movies we're going to talk about, this was the most different tonally. Yeah. And so like I was kind of expecting what I'd already been watching throughout. And when that didn't happen, I'm kind of going, okay, like it just didn't hit with me. But I think rewatching it, knowing that and paying more attention to it. I think I will have more of a, like it even more because I already appreciate the hell out of the film because it's just a really well made movie it's
0: different i think the biggest thing is that it's different it's nice yeah. when things are different you know oh, like, it is so tired when it's the same basic bitch movie all the time so.
1: right exactly and that's kind of what i like i said that's kind of what i went in expecting it to be and i was just kind of like it threw me off and i think maybe that might have something to do with it so i'll have to give it a yeah, watch Yeah, or
0: it could just, a just not be your jam which is yeah. absolutely you know fine too uh but definitely it is one of my preferred ghost stories of all time yep and speaking of not my jam <laughs> We'll talk about another one. <laughs> yeah, the more that Scott didn't like, because he just doesn't like anything. Hey,
1: I didn't say I didn't like. It just didn't work for me. <sighs>
0: Whatever, Scotty. <laughs> Whatever.
1: But the next one we're going to talk about is uh, Dark Water, uh, the Japanese version, which was initially released in January of ni- uh, January 19, 2002, in this moody Japanese horror film, newly single mom Yoshimi Matsubura is enduring a bitter divorce and struggling to keep custody of her young daughter, Ikuku. And the, as the unstable Yoshimi tries to make a fresh start in a new apartment, strange occurrences in the building gradually begin to take their toll. When Yoshimi and Ikuku both start seeing unsettling visions of the ghostly little girl, it's clear that they are being drawn toward the supernatural. And the American remake or Western remake, Dark Water, was initially released in July seventh or dang it, July eighth, two thousand five. Uh, Dahlia hopes to start life afresh with her daughter, but haunting visions and eerie noises begin to daunt her. She must now find out whether the sounds are real or it's all in her head. Now, this one, um, also I didn't find like terrifying, but this one, like this story in general, I feel was just more of a. Uh, a look at what someone goes through during a vicious process of divorce and the struggles of like, who is going to keep the child and what will happen with that child and whether, and then when these events happen, um, especially in the Japanese version, when these events happen, it makes the mother look like she's crazy and unfit to help her child and support mm-hmm. her child.
0: Mm-hmm. Where in
1: the American remake it they don't make her look crazy they make her look almost like a. I i guess i hate using the term but almost like a karen constantly nagging yeah. the landlord trying to get things fixed because of all this yeah. stuff happening but like it doesn't make her look like she's crazy and not used against her in the divorce hearing because the divorce situation in both these films are completely different like, they are yeah like one is really nasty in the japanese version where like it's they're just fighting constantly and in this one like in the american one they're just kind of uh they're fighting because they're separated, but they're also trying to work together.
0: Yeah, and there's a little bit more of a happy feel. Now, first of all, I want to credit uh, Jennifer Conley's performance in this movie. Yes. Um, I think this movie would have been a lot shittier of a remake if it hadn't been for her. Um, she has the acting chops to pull it off. And she did. And I and I think when they made this movie, they were making it for an older audience. They weren't making it for teeny boppers Yep. They were making it for people who perhaps had experienced divorce or whatever the case may be. The original Dark Water does a really good job of setting up, in a sense, almost child abandonment and then a child doing whatever it needs to do to be loved um the mother is trying her best to be there for her daughter but many a time she's late to pick her up from school um she's not able to kind of follow through with the things that she would want to do but she shares meals with her and she does what she can she's she's fighting so hard to keep her and to have her like she's
1: shown to really struggle
0: Absolutely. And I think they do a much better job of the bag. The bag is essential in both. There's a Hello Kitty backpack, and mm-hmm. then a red back, pa- a side patch that is, or a red, I guess you can say side bag that is used in the Japanese one that keeps occurring, keeps coming up, the hair in the tap. Uh, where I what I did enjoy about the remake of Dark Water is it kind of tied into the apartment above, but that almost does more to connect the story too. And this is a spoiler for everyone who has not seen either one of these: the young girl that drowned. Right, yeah. so they do a little bit more of a connection in the remake, kind of explaining. The family of this young girl was neglected or neglectful. The mother left. The father didn't care. She drowned. No one did anything. No one gave a shit. The Japanese one doesn't make it that simple for you to understand, but you do figure out that this young girl somehow drowned in this vat and no one did anything. Um, the casting in *Dark Water*, the remake with John C. Riley as a shitty ass landlord, was awesome yep um the lawyer casting was very good too which is why i really do believe as i stated earlier this movie was meant for an older audience
1: um yeah like um i'm kind of like this one is one of those where i'm kind of shocked it didn't uh hook me as much as i thought it would because mm-hmm. i mean going through a divorce and everything i thought i'd be able to relate but i guess maybe it's because my divorce was not nearly as nasty well, you don't have children and I, don't have, and I also don't have children so it's yeah I can only relate to the whole separating part. Nothing else really. But like I can see like the struggles of what someone has to go through. And that's what I appreciate about this film is like mm-hmm. the ghost is just a backdrop. It's not even like the main focus of the story. The main focus is this whole building of this relationship with the mother and daughter trying to survive together in both films Mm -hmm. and just like trying to like depend on one another to get through this and to do the best they can.
0: What I thought was better about the Japanese one is that you can see why the ghost wants this mother because this mother is so attentive to her daughter. Like when they have meals together, how they eat their meals together, even when her daughter is having nightmares, sleeping right by her bed um, laying there with her overnight, like there 's just such a connection and Scott and I had a great conversation about one of the ending scenes of dark water the mm-hmm. the original um, The comparison is when the showdown happens with the final ghost in the original basically uh, the the daughter is being drowned in a bathtub, and the mother is i think she 's like upstairs or something she 's in the in the hallway and she runs into the elevator. She thinks she sees her daughter, but it's actually the ghost and the ghost clings on to her. And then her daughter is no longer being drowned, runs out of the room, runs to the elevator, sees her mom with the ghost. And that's when her mom sacrifices herself. And Scott said, you know, I really don't get that. And I said, of course, because you're not you're you're a very logical person. You look for logics and facts and stuff like that. It's a metaphor. It's basically the mother realized with that little girl holding on to her as tightly as she was that. This girl was never going to let her go, so she had to make a choice. She was either going to sacrifice herself or sacrifice her daughter, and she chose to sacrifice herself and go with the little girl, so her daughter would be fine. Yeah. Um,
1: and when you explained that to me, that made so much sense, and actually made me appreciate this film a little more.
0: And then when um, in the in the remake. Jennifer Conley says, What do you want? You can have me, not her. Yeah. So, like, we have it kind of, I don't want to say spoon fed. I just think it was more clear of, I am sacrificing myself so my daughter can live.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a lot more clear. Cause, like I said, I understood that ending. And I will say, like, the ghost in uh, the child ghost in the remake was a little more aggressive. Um, yes. Like being mean and like, a, you know, purposely trying to drown the tri- child physically. Like, well, yeah. I guess like with the physical presence of the ghost there yeah. where the other one is just like the child just starting to drown happenstance yes the ghost had every reason was trying to kill her to take her over but take over her spot but it wasn't so like blatantly like aggressive
0: no it was definitely a little more subtle and we both liked the original the ending of the original more um so mm-hmm. the biggest difference between these two is is the final scene um yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about it, Scotty, or.
1: Uh, yeah, because in the Japanese uh, version, the the mother, after she sec- basically sacrifices herself to the ghost, uh, the daughter ends up, I guess, unfortunately, getting stuck with her dad, who like pretty much portrayed himself to be a complete asshole. Like whether he is that way to his daughter or not, really didn't get focused on too much. Just that he wasn't really there for her.
0: Well, there's but... a throwaway line where she says something indicating that he's not the best parent, but
1: yeah. But like not abusive is what no, how I, like, no. I didn't kind of portray it that way. No,
0: I didn't think that he was abusive. I just got the impression that he was apathetic.
1: Yeah. And like, but yeah, she ends up going and staying with her dad. And you, she, you see her, I'd say like eight, nine years later. 10 a, years
0: later. Oh, it was a 10. Okay. Yep. But
1: yeah. But I see her as a teenager and she happens to see what looked like the ghost from the uh, apartment. So she follows the kind of follows and looks for the apartment, finds the apartment. Goes up into her old room and the her mother is there. And her mother hasn't aged. So her mother is basically a spirit of the house now as well. Or of the apartment complex as and well. And the
0: apartment looks amazing. Like it's, it's yeah. It's it's kept obviously it's a vision, it's not real. Um but yeah, and, and you know what I enjoyed about that scene, the, the mother-daughter conversation about basically her saying, I miss you so much, mom, and her saying, I know you've grown. I have to stay here. Did you see the ghost in the background behind her daughter? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, like, creepy, to be honest. Yeah,
1: because it was almost like her mother was just like, I want to leave, but ghost is right there looking at me, and I can't I can't say that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And-
1: where in the american remake it's just like her uh daughter comes back in the room like a couple days later and just sees her mother talking to the ghost child reading her book
0: and does her hair braids her hair yeah
1: and braids her hair and right
0: I didn't find that nearly as effective as... Well, and what parent would leave their child alone in the apartment, go all the way down the elevator? Like, I feel like they took one elevator scene from the original one where the little girl goes up in the elevator by herself mm -hmm. and then use that in the American one multiple times to be like... You know, so that was I, I I thought the French braid was cute. She comes downstairs with the French braid, which is the braid that her mom knew how to do. And the dad's like, how the fuck do you get this on? And the mom had done it right to to show like I'm always and she says, I'll always be with you. Right. So it's it's a very, you know, it's very much a clear movie about talking about child abandonment, which we've seen with The Closet. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a South Korean film, but still very similar concept. And I, I, I just think we need to credit the remake for taking itself seriously, bringing in decent actors, and really trying to put together a good film. And I think not a lot of people have seen the remake. I honestly think if you enjoy Ghost Stories, you'll enjoy the remake.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say like none of these movies I disliked. They were just yeah. like some of them. And talking about them, I actually am appreciating them more. Like talking to you about them like this. Like, I, I learned to appreciate these films more when I can have a discussion.
0: Like, it has a 5.6 5. 5. 6 rating out of 10 on IMDb.
1: Which is pretty good.
0: Which is pretty good. And I, and I really do think it's a decent film. I think it, yet again, I think they went out of their way to get some decent actors in it. Um, this is, yet again, if we're looking at The Ring being remade in 2002 and Dark Waters being remade in 2005, I feel like they actually put effort into this one. Like mm-hmm. I really do. I think if, if there's a remake besides The Ring and some other ones that we're going to talk about, I, I think Dark Waters worth your time. I think the original's worth your time too. It's just absolutely type of story, and you can find that on Tubi, actually. So yeah, yeah, like which Tubi. Um, yeah, Tubi or or YouTube, one or the other. You can find it online.
1: And yeah, speaking of Pulse, there was one thing I wanted to mention too because uh, you said you had watched it on Tubi, correct? Yes, I the I think Japanese. So.
0: Yeah, the Japanese one.
1: I it was not on Tubi for me.
0: Oh, where did you find it?
1: I had to uh, sign up for another seven-day free trial from another streaming service to watch it.
0: Really? Yeah. That's crazy. It's weird how Tubi will have certain things in Canada and certain things in the United States.
1: Yeah, because I'm sitting here going, what the? Oh, shit. Don't tell me I have to, like, try to scrounge and find this illegally. Oh, no. (laughs) So I had to, like, go online, and then I... Started watching it and I was going, Boy, I hope I'm watching the right movie because there's so many like different pulse movies out oh, there. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm hoping I'm watching the right one. <laughs> but and were you? Being, yeah, I was okay,
0: good, thank goodness, good.
1: Yeah, because I double checked a bunch of the spots and like read your synopsis that you wrote on here and everything. And I'm going, Okay, yep, it's the one, but all right. Uh, so we're gonna jump on to our next film, which is One Missed Call, which was initially released on January 17th, 2004, in Japan. Uh, Many people receive strange voice messages in their own voice, but from a future date. It contains the exact time and date of their death and sounds of themselves reacting to their own violent demise. The One Miss Call Western version, initially released on January 4th, 2008. Beth, a college student, witnesses her friends dying after receiving mysterious voicemails on their phone. She sets out to unravel the mystery behind their deaths and deaths while also trying to stay alive
0: i think it's interesting they were both released in january
1: yeah well i'll say i think uh okay nope uh, there's a couple yeah like seems like uh going back through almost all these uh the japanese ghost stories january february january uh january (laughs) so yeah that's interesting i never noticed that before
0: i feel like one Miss call the original was meant to be a teen film and one miscall, call. The remake was meant to be a team film. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking
1: about cell phones, and who is more likely to be on their cell phones, especially in this, that time and day, time and era? Mm-hmm. Teens.
0: I and, uh, read the original a lot, actually. I thought it was really cool.
1: Yeah, the original was actually really creepy the way it was done. Like I was, this is one of the two that I really, really enjoyed watching. And uh, yeah, this is one of them, and. Like It's from Takeshi Miike, which I had no idea he was the director of this as well, which he's done a lot of amazing Japanese horror films. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, they both this one and the Western version almost kind of play out like Final Destination type. Though yeah. the Western version leans into the Final Destination deaths more. I yeah, would and, say. I,
0: and I think that has a lot to do with the success of the Final Destination fr- franchise in you know western culture and and absolutely i agree with you i i really enjoy the one miss call ghost story behind this and i saw this a long time ago this was the first one i saw um out of the japanese horror films we watched this on new year's eve didn't we yes we did uh we watched this together on new year's eve before we went off to our separate super exciting 2020 new year's night well, i don't want to hear it because yours like... was at
1: least exciting <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay truth i can't really criticize just because i didn't go, get to go out to a bar and party it up like mine was literally
1: me and my roommate had a couple drinks sat around going yep new year's
0: (laughs) (laughs) fuck you 2020 um i really enjoy the whole voicemail things and and the the death that happens so like one of my favorite is like she's talking to the boyfriend uh, and he's like plays that he got this call and then he the study group shows up and he says the exact same thing that he would have said and he falls down the elevator staff the difference in one missed call the original is that they tend to make it like a suicide yes right and in the remake it's more like freak accidents
1: yeah because uh right yeah and i and when you were talking about that scene with her boyfriend like that uh you know because they were discussing about how these phone calls like the person that pa- passed away the first time got a voicemail from themselves and then yeah. you know and then when he shows her the voicemail he got and then he repeats the line that he says to the study group you can just tell like that it just dawned on him what he said the look on his face he was like completely and utterly shocked i think yes And I think he was just kind of like so taken aback, he literally stumbled backwards and fell down empty elevator shaft, if I remember correctly. He
0: looks down the elevator like something is pushing him. Oh, yes. Something. Yes, that's right. Shaft. Right. And that's where the concept is that um, it looks like suicide because he basically jumps down the elevator shaft and they are like, oh, he just killed himself. Yep. And,
1: And the one thing that I find creepy about this about both these movies is just like how the dead body is calling the next person.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you see just the the number or the finger moving in the phone to dial the number. And they kept the story basically the same. Like it's the whole you know a series of phone calls there's a detective the detective and the one protagonist team up
2: yep, they, they have think the it's exorcist the tv
1: series
0: yes they have the exorcist tv series which i enjoyed more in the japanese originally than yeah it, uh, in the, the remake i thought though it was I, more over the top in the japanese original it was funny
1: it was but though i do enjoy ray wise in the remake all
0: <laughs> well, ray wise is great right so it's um i think what what really stood out to me in this in this film was how they really have the red herring. If it's the first time seeing it, you think it's the mother. Yes, Right. That's, you know, get against spoilers here. Uh, like we do with all our movies, every time we do this section. And it ends, if you've seen the movie, you know, it's not the mother. So if you've seen either the remake or, and then you watch, obviously then the, whichever way you watch it, you know, it's not the mother, but they do a real good job of setting the mom up. And oh, absolutely. That it's her. And When the reveal comes and in both situations, the reveal was done excellently, like in one case, the mom comes home in times and sees it. And in the Western one, it used a nanny can, which was pretty popular in 2008 and even now. Yeah. Right. And she dies of an asthma attack and the candy coming out of the mouth in every single scene is is really well done like it's a creepy film and and even the remake it's a teeny bopper remake but i feel like it's a teeny rocker remake that i can sit through and watch easily
1: yeah absolutely because yeah i i really enjoyed just the story alone just like it's a creepy ghost story like i would freak out if i heard my own voice calling or my own you know myself calling me and hearing my own voice at the time i was dying that would freak right. me the fuck out.
0: And it and it comes down to her wanting to get help, wasn't able to get help, and now she haunts people because of it. Now, obviously, she had... What is it? Proxy Munch Like, what's that when you hurt somebody to get attention?
1: Uh, that's not Munchausen, is it?
0: Is it Munchausen? Like, there is some kind of disorder she had, which is why she kept hurting her sister, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But I you know the that kind of moral method message did did come into the to the remake the idea is that you needed something i needed someone and you weren't there and now i'm going to just keep calling and calling and stalking people and you're going to see like as i was dying of my asthma attack i could see what was going to happen it dragged it out you're going to have the same anxiety
1: yep because that's the one thing i do like about this one is uh the ghost in this, like what it, the child was doing before, it was like was awful to what it, she was doing to her sister, and then just continuously being evil. Like this was probably the most malicious of these spirits in all these movies,
0: because she had no reason behind it. Like, yeah, you look at the ring. Samara was kind of like it depends how you look at it, but she had gifts and stuff and. Whether she was neglected or just evil, like that story kind of continues on throughout the different Ring and Ringu movies and explores it a little bit more. But if we look at just the first one or we look at the the ghost in Dark Water or the Paltz, it's just people being lonely or people being abandoned, the forgotten, the hurt. Yeah, um, This is just malicious. You're right. Like, yeah, she did die slowly with an Eisemann attack and that sucks, but she was also, you know, slicing and dicing her sister. So like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you it's- know, it, You don't have nearly as much sympathy for her as a character compared to the other spirits that are in these other films.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess I
1: would say the Pulse spirits were also malicious because they were just kind of like...
0: Well, yeah, no, because they were, people they were suicide, right? They were lonely. Yeah. They committed suicide and, you know, it was playing on like the abandonment that comes from technology and modern day world, etc. Yeah. I, I do like One Miss Call. I do find it very teeny teenager-ish. I think the concept is simple. I think it's easy to, to digest either, either version. And I enjoy the American remake for what it is. I also like Final Destination and shit like that. And oh, hell yeah. about the app that you added to your phone and it would give you the how many days you had to live. I like that shit. I I like Truth or Dare by Blumhouse. I think that this is a Blumhouse film before it was a before Blumhouse was a thing. I don't even know was this a a Blumhouse thing film. I don't don't think. think I think it was
1: way before Blumhouse. Right, this is a
0: Blumhouse film. That's really what it is. It's easy to digest. It's simple. Not a long runtime. I think it's like eighty six minutes long. Um, Yeah, you know, it doesn't stay. It's welcome, and it's people are you like people in it. now the ending to this to the remake, I didn't really get um confused me i liked the ending to the original yeah because the ghost the idea that you think you've defeated the ghost and then the ghost just reincarnates itself inside the survivor and then she because of her relationship with the police officer that you're wondering is going to become borderline romantic the police officer comes over and she ends up torturing and keeping the police officer because the ghost has taken over her body and wants to keep doing it yep in the remake, the ghost comes back, kills the police officer, goes after the protagonist, and then the mother comes. That's saves right. Saves the protagonist, but then the cop is still dials another phone, so it's still, the curse continues. I yeah. I got that she saved the protagonist. The mother saved the protagonist because the protagonist had saved the mother, had released her spirit. But why wouldn't the mother just stop her fucking daughter? Right. Like I just that to me didn't make any sense in the in the remake. I feel like they kind of rushed the ending of it.
1: Yeah, I do feel it like, because I like, and that'll show you how like unimpressed I was with that ending because I had to wait for you to explain it for to re- remind me
0: what happened because I'm like
1: I already had forgotten it.
0: Yeah, it tells you that it was not impactful at all. Yeah. So would I would recommend definitely the original One Miss Call, and I think if you are fine with watching things like Truth or Dare and. uh countdown app and final destinations all of them you'll enjoy one miss call.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And we will jump onto our final film of our topic and that is Juon the Grudge which is the shortest
0: initially... amount of time of a remake too.
1: Yeah, actually it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh but this was initially released in January 25th Look at that, another January release. Yeah. 25th 2003. Uh, in Japan, an evil curse and vengeful spirit seemed to linger in a house where the horrific murder of a woman and child took place and anyone who sets foot in the house doesn't step out alive. The Western version of The Grudge uh, initially released October 22nd of 2004. Karen Davis moves to Tokyo where she encounters a supernatural spirit that possesses its victims. After a series of horrifying and mysterious deaths, Karen makes a vow to stop any further deaths
0: you know what's funny if you read these two synopsis you would think it's two very different movies
1: yeah when you watch the movies they're very similar very similar but yeah the synopses for these are just ridiculously different for some reason
0: yeah i uh, yeah so i'm gonna let you talk about about because you really like the grudge i think
1: yes i i was uh this is once again um all these Japanese ghost stories were all first-time watches for me, but before we had done this whole thing, I had seen The Ring, and I had seen Juon or seen The Grudge, so I'd seen the remakes of both of those, but that was it, um, and I have You to saw say, both
0: remakes of The Grudge.
1: Oh, yes, yes, I did. Right. I The other one doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But... Um, I will say that uh, when the remake first came out, it legitimately creeped me out uh, just because the ghosts were pretty freaking creepy and the noise they make is very unsettling with the weird uh, uh, noise. Yeah. I can't even do it but I'm like, God, it's, it's, it's just It's supposed unsettling. to be
0: suffocation, right? So, yeah. yeah.
1: And I have to say that th- that movie really got under my skin so I was always looking forward to watching Juwan. And I have to say because you and I we watched this one together as well. And I have to say, like I dug the hell out of this movie. It was so freaking good. Um, And I like it better than the remake because of like just certain story elements because this one is uh, like the remake, lots of, and like Pulse, lots of branching character stories going back and forth.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: so at first it was a bit hard to follow, but once you got to figure out what was going on, it made a lot more sense. But I will have to say like, um, the difference between these two is they kind of explain why the ghosts are there right at the get-go in the original, so you have an understanding of what's happening, where in the remake, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like flashes every so often just to kind of piecemeal feed you what happened to the people that are these ghosts now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the And I think the ghosts, very similar, I will give the remake credit, they kept with the human looking piece of it. You yeah. didn't get too CGI. I don't remember a lot of CGI at all actually in the grudge.
1: No, I think there um I think there was CGI when you seen the woman because yes. of the way she was moving. Where I think in the Japanese version it was a contortionist.
0: I thought it was a contortionist in the grudge too.
1: I could be wrong, but I like I because I watched the remake on my phone, but it looked looked like it was just off a little bit.
0: Okay. well, maybe that was editing, too, right? Like how they edited it. Um, Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what I really admired about the original and what made me warm up a little bit to the 2020 is the multiple stories that were told and that they weren't necessarily told in order. So you were seeing how the grudge affected different people at different times. So the family that moved in there after the tragedy that had occurred, the social worker that went to check on the grandmother of the family that moved in there after the tragedy occurred, um, the the young late, the young girl who investigated the house after the tragedy had occurred, the detectives and what happened to them after the tragedy occurred. And they went in to investigate, um, and really, the moment you stepped into that house, you were fucked, yeah, like there was just no getting away from the grudge, and I really appreciated how creepy um the little kid and the woman were in the Japanese version because they were just actors that were painted colors, and uh, like green for the little boy, and it was fucking scary,
1: yeah, like and- like
0: them just sitting there staring at you with their big brown eyes staring. Yeah,
1: all wide-eyed and just like, and the one thing I loved, like the remake did it a little bit, but the Japanese one did it more was you would just like a scene would go by and it would go by so fast, but you would just catch out of the corner of your eye, the little boy somewhere in the background.
0: Yes. Where in the American
1: one, it was just a few spots that it did that. But like in the Japanese one, it's like that boy was everywhere in that movie. Like every, like every time he turned around, the boy was there at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the elevator scene was copy to copy. So the elevator scene where the sister is going up in the elevator um, and you see the boy and you see yep. his 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 on every floor, like and then in the bed and like it's it's really well done. And what was interesting is that the ghost could go wherever. So once you were in the house, you weren't safe at home. Like it yeah. wasn't gonna matter where you went. And it made me appreciate what they tried to do with the 2020 a little bit more. Um, I got the Mix Max stories a little bit more and it made me feel like maybe I was a little too hard on the 2020. Now I still think the two thousand and two is a better remake. Yeah. Or sorry 2004 is a better remake um i think mr Sarah michelle Geller does a good enough job in it
1: yeah i, I thought just, she did great
0: i just find it weird of like the convenience of the english speaking right like
1: yeah that's you know... like like they purposely did it just to you know westernize it and make it more relatable to us because it's like you have the american that comes in like the american social worker and then you have this American family before her that moves in Yeah. and you have the wife complaining about how, Oh, I got lost and I can't, uh, I couldn't find my way home and couldn't talk to anybody because no one uh, spoke English. I'm like, oh, come on, like, mm, all right, <laughs> but
0: like, I almost would have preferred. Okay, fine. You want to use a Sarah Michelle Geller as an American social worker that came over there with her boyfriend. She's learned some Japanese, so she speaks like basic level Japanese. Have a Japanese English family that's also English speaking. Yeah, and then you can see them speaking Japanese to each other, subtitled for you to read. And then when they speak with her, it's in English, right? Like, or they speak with. Actually, they don't even see her. The only person that she sees is the mother, the grandmother, yeah. who doesn't even speak. So you wouldn't even need it to be, to be a white family. It could have just been a Japanese family. Yeah, that spoke
1: English for us if we needed it. That spoke them.
0: English if needed. Or like you could have had a throwaway line with them being on the phone, being like, yeah, can you send by a new social worker in English? Yeah. Right? So that you know that they speak English if needed, but they, they speak in Japanese primarily. I think I would have – like to me, that was just silly. It didn't take away from the movie. I wasn't like No. Mom. Like, I just thought it was a little silly. Like, right, there's all these like fucking white people just hanging out living in Japan, not speaking Japanese and like speaking right English. Like, I just thought that was a little silly, but um, small, and the, complaint. small complaint.
1: And the other one, uh, like the difference, uh, the other difference I noticed was, uh, I don't remember is the actor's name, but he was in the remake in the very beginning and he's the one that commits suicide.
0: Oh, and, Bill Pullman?
1: yeah, Bill Pullman. Yes, yeah, thank you. Like, his character basically replaced i believe the japanese schoolgirl with her friends
0: no the japanese so that's in the grudge too um okay yeah so and well the school girl was supposed to be yes i don't think he was supposed to be a replacement of that it was expanding on so they never say why the father went crazy and killed the mother and the son you suspect no. it's just because he thought she was having an affair in the in the remake they're like she was in love with bill pullman's character she wanted to be with him the husband found all those notes freaked out killed her bill pullman shows up at the house realizes that she's been killed
1: okay that makes more sense
0: so that it was more of us like kind of really getting that an affair didn't happen but she was obsessed with him wanting it to happen the husband found out and yeah.
1: yeah okay well, I was going to say, because I just like the, uh, the into Japanese, one the Japanese school girls, because like, like all three of the girls end up dying and being like, once again, ghosts in that house.
0: Yeah. And everyone that dies ends up being in the house, which is you see in The Grudge 2. Like, okay. I've never seen The Grudge 2. Too, so yeah. I, like... I would say see The Grudge 2, because they do tie into each other nicely.
1: Okay. But yeah, I, I really like these movies. Like, uh, once again, these are malicious spirits. Like, the child is not malicious. So the child is almost more like the observer that mm-hmm. kind of uh is almost kind of like watching for the mother and then the mother is the one that is just malicious
0: well and she's upset because she's dying in trauma and this and yeah. this is where you know the idea of the grudge is that i am killed in a traumatic situation now anyone that steps into this house i am going to punish yep um you know there's a moral lesson of just you know i i guess the idea of dying in trauma and 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 Coming back and hurting those who are around, the idea of a cursed area. Um, so very superstitious. And I I think The Grudge and The Ring and Dark Waters, even though Dark Water will not get the attention that the other two have, are the best remakes. Um yeah. I think they really do capture the story with westernizing it enough that it makes us scared um and it makes us uncomfortable. And I think that's really important that you keep the essence of the original folklore. Well, making it palatable for a western audience
1: yes that is a perfect way of describing it because like yeah because i think this is like when like the epitome of like the japanese remakes popularity is when the mm-hmm. grudge came out because the ring started it all and then when the grudge came out i think it was like the peak of the popularity
0: well and then there's a lot that came after that right that's when we see the dark water that's when yep. we see the pulse that's when we see one miss call you talked about the eye uh with jessica alba we yep. didn't go into that one um you know it's funny they haven't remade Suicide Club yet and I don't know if they could um
1: I think that's one that the our our countries probably are too afraid to touch
0: well it's it's very heavy you know and and uh very dark um it's a sad movie it's a very sad movie to watch
1: yeah that's one I still need to see one of these days
0: yeah I definitely think this year should be your year for that
1: yeah I'll say I'll definitely be like the, the international films will definitely be a big chunk of my films along with Hammer.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting year. I already feel like with kicking off, these are the well-known Japanese remakes. So these are the ones that we chose ones that are... I don't want to say the basic bitch ones, but like if we were going to go deeper into these, we would need to have the Jerry Herrings, the Venoms, and the Donnellys yes. on our show. Like Those are the people that are going to know way more about Asian cinema than we are. We took the most popular ones... And then just cross-compared them with the western ones yeah. to just see you know that kind of that trend that's happened so if we dive back into this in the future definitely we would want to have at least one of them on as a guest to help us navigate it because they would know a lot more than we would yeah um, absolutely we
1: just sit back and just listen to them
0: going. Right. The- actually we right. would leave the show and just leave <laughs> the through <theater laughs> yeah, <the> right. <laughs> that's how that would happen and then scott would edit it um <laughs> and edit him and i going yes good point Oh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) That makes sense. Awesome. Um, (laughs) Just like keywords that we say periodically through our podcast. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like it's been a really good, uh, I'm glad we did this. It's really helped me better understand um, Japanese storytelling or Asian storytelling. And I look forward to to digging deeper. And as we talked about some South Korean films, and there's also Shudder, which is a Thai film, which is a very good ghost story that was remade um yeah i i think this really does help the understanding of them a little bit more
1: yep i i feel like i'll be able to go into the next films with a lot more of an understanding after doing this episode just from the research you presented and just us talking back and forth about the films and their themes
0: And the remakes help. Honestly, seeing the remake first and then going back and seeing the original, you're like, okay, like it does it does help. It does help me understand a little bit more of and, you know, I got to also get some credit here that a lot of times I saw these remakes before I saw the original, with the exception of Pulse. Pulse was the only one that I hadn't seen either or. So I knew it was going to happen. Right right, so you know, maybe if I had seen the film first, like the Japanese original first, I would have been more creeped out. I'll never know. right
1: yeah, that's true. right, so but yeah, so that's the uh, I guess we can kind of wrap up our main topic and uh dive into our out of the dark segment where we figure we would uh read off some feedback from our listeners because when we hit our one year anniversary of our recording i. Sent out a message for us, to asking if anyone wanted to leave us a comments about our show and thoughts on everything, and thoughts and memories and feedback throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I, I like was so nervous when you did this because I, I don't like I have a hard time taking compliments. I know you do. It really is like challenging for me. So when you're like, I'm gonna do this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then I started seeing the compliments come in. I'm like, I gotta read, I can't read these. <laughs> um, so Scott's gonna read them because it makes yeah, I was like.
1: And, they, and reading them all they were just so humbling
0: yeah and like yeah and, and like I just,
1: and i'll just say i just want to say thank you for everybody that did comment and thank you for everyone that has listened to our show and supported us throughout this entire year because it's fun just heather and i shooting the shit and having a blast and it makes it even better knowing that there are people out there that actually enjoy listening to us ramble on and like pick on each other and just have fun with us
0: you mean i pick on you and you try to pick on me back
1: Pretty uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah,
0: you're the nice one. Um, (laughs) but no one said that. They should have. They should have.
1: Well, say I guess I will just jump into uh, reading some of them. Uh, So our first one came from Phil Ray. (laughs) Phil. Oh, gotta love him. (laughs) But uh, he responds with, "I loved Heather breaking down her special love for you, as in me." And I love that her always being right and making you bow down so she can spank your smoke show ass with her superior style and moxie. (laughs) He's so funny. (laughs) You guys rock so much. I take a little while to get on the shows, but when I do, I always enjoy it you you We're are so just sweet. awesome phil i love you buddy <laughs> that's so
0: funny he's so real i love oh, it he is he feels so fucking real it's amazing
1: and he is so behind the heather camp on this
0: <laughs> well yes i think he's also complimenting you in that so oh, like, yeah he
1: i'll say he does you know yes we we share our love but he's always rooting for you to just put my ass in
0: line <laughs> well it's because you're annoying with your annoying views he understands Ouch. You probably right. watched The Reaching Castle Freak and realized how bad your taste was. <laughs> i just kidding. Well,
1: my taste is superb.
0: That's right. It's like a fine wine.
1: It is. Uh, so next we have good old Don which mm. I never did. I feel bad. We had thanked so many podcasters for supporting us on our last episode. And I got to say out of everyone, Don and you are the one that supported the shit out of us. Like, Like you do every horror podcast out there. You take the time every week to just compile a list, like well, shit, every day during the week, compiling a list of shows that have come out, and you are just so supportive of us. And Don's
0: just an overall really good human being, and a very, and and marches to the beat of his own drum when it comes to what he likes in horror, and he's unapologetic for it. And I think that that really speaks volumes about his character. Yep,
1: absolutely. So. Uh, but he wrote uh, the entire crossover with the horror for dummies. I was laughing so hard at everything; it was impossible to remember anything that happened during the
0: show. <laughs> you know what I love about that show? Like, it was amazing. But remember when they went into the rant about Sydney, Tim Davis, and Daniel? If you're listening, yes. and they were like, <laughs> "We're talking about it, Pat." They're like, "What the fuck are these people doing? Where are they going?" Oh my god! Why are they so driving fun. that
1: far to go out there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, fuck, they're so funny. Um, and yeah, Daniel, I would totally subscribe to your OnlyFans. Or fan? Was it OnlyFans?
1: Yep, OnlyFans. Yeah,
0: I totally would, Daniel. And you have to subscribe (laughs) to mine, which is just us laughing at our own jokes. That would be totally what's on our OnlyFans. And Daniel, Uh,
1: I'd subscribe to your OnlyFans, too.
0: No, he wouldn't. He's a liar. He says it's (laughs) like he was going to write a review for you guys that he never did. Don't listen to Scott. It's all lies. (sighs) Um <laughs> he's like son of a bitch. Um, but thanks, Don. Yeah, that was a really fun show. We had a really good time. Those guys are awesome. They yeah. uh they're really cool. Tim has questioning taste in movies, you know
1: right we always have to question him right. even more than my own taste
0: but they have a new show by the way um kaboom, is it called kaboom yeah, yeah they talk about pop star Ball. wars
1: yeah they talk about star wars and i think they're gonna be diving into like superhero movies and all the other pop culture stuff all
0: shit that daniel likes so yeah, exactly i think daniel's- daniel finally won him over <laughs> daniel's like move over bitch this is my time to shine
1: Me uh, piling this bitch
0: yeah check those guys out but thank you very much uh don it's very kind yeah
1: that was uh very nice of you to say and yeah that that episode was so much fun um and the next is from uh the lovely catherine adams uh she says my favorite duo i really enjoy the format you all do i like getting recommendations without the spoilers and then the main topic i like that there is a theme each episode Oh, and my favorite is when Heather laughs at her own jokes, because I also laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> it's
0: a life. It's a laugh track. You know, it is. Catherine and I are just providing <laughs> the laugh track. So we hint at people at how funny we are so they know that they should be laughing. It's it's key. It's an important at factor.
1: It absolutely is. And thank you very much, Catherine, because, yeah, like I, I think I even responded with I wouldn't have it any other way. I love Heather laughing at her own jokes. It just makes it even more, more entertaining. And makes me laugh.
0: Um yeah and Catherine you're awesome. You and your husband are really really awesome. They're a very cool horror 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 movie duo and uh they also got each other's back and they're really yeah. into each other which I mad mad respect and props for. And Catherine knows a lot about films. I follow her Letterbox and that and that girl is active. So keep uh, keep watching those bad boys Catherine.
1: Oh, I don't know if I have her on uh, Letterbox. Oh, that's I'm a gonna shame. cry.
0: Cuz no. Yeah. We
1: well, you ladies got to stick
0: together. That's right. That's right. Us white chicks need to stand by each other.
1: Uh, The next uh, bit of feedback is from Miss Tammy Turner, or also known as Taminator. Yes.
0: Also known as future Mrs. Scott Crawford. (laughs) (laughs) So true.
1: (laughs) Well. Mrs. Uh, future Scott Crawford and Miss Powell, because she wants us both.
0: Yeah, that's true. She wants to move to Canada, though. I'm for <laughs> so citizenship, and I'm fine with that.
1: <laughs> but her response is, because I put I posted the picture of us together uh, when we first recorded, and her response is, I can't see Heather Powell through all that smoke.
0: It's true. When you're the smoke show, like, see? She's even complimenting you. Right? See that? <laughs> she's saying that you're hot. Great. You have a piece of that cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh we love go, this, scotty <laughs> there you go thanks tammy you the bombs yep you the bomb. Diggity. thanks so much for my listener gift i it has old movies on it that i'm gonna watch and be smart
1: oh yeah that's right mm-hmm. uh the next big of the feedback good old dan chase
0: oh my god this one is all about the feels
1: it is so here it says, you guys always approach things in a way that is very conductive of a podcast, balancing your own personal thoughts and preferences with your own overall knowledge of the genre and understanding makes for not only an informative podcast. But you guys are funny as hell. And when you add that all together, you have something special. Not only are you guys great for podcasting, but you have made our lives and podcasts better in every way. We need more people like you in the world. We love you guys so much. Dude, that just brings a freaking tear. Like,
0: can't you see why Lacey and him are together? Can you imagine the shit he writes to her? Right. Oh, my God. No wonder she was like, all right, Dan, you can move in. Like, I would be one over two by that shit. Thank you, Dan. Very much for your kind words. And especially coming from someone like yourself, who has a lot of experience with podcasting, both you and Lacey. um, Appreciate the kindness so much. Thank you. Yeah, that is
1: absolutely humbling. Uh, The next, uh, speaking of horror for dummies earlier, good old Tim Davis. Aw, Timmy. I remember your first episode when you reviewed Lords of Chaos and the Nightingale, and you guys killed it, and I was hooked instantly congrats on one year and keep it coming and yeah tim davis is my boyfriend so and then you guys have like a them. bunch of
0: sexy talk afterwards
1: yeah i'll say he, i'll be keeping it coming with him all day long but uh thank you my friend i know you've been a big supporter of ours like since day one and greatly appreciate that and then of course my good old buddy chris prevost just goes love this <laughs> and then kai Summer. It has to respond to my Star Wars at, at in the background and just go cool at, at. <laughs> so thank you all for uh, giving us some feedback. We appreciate everything. We appreciate you all. Cause this is just so much more fun having people to bounce back with on this and talk about it. Cause I think Heather would just kill me and be over, be done with it by this point.
0: <laughs> Not true. Not true. I have been become better podcaster and a better person because of Scott's influence. Oh,
1: you were too kind. And I've learned recorded, to be... and
0: now I'm gonna have to deal with that. I said that, but that's yep.
1: fine. and his head grew four times bigger that day.
0: <laughs> Which head though? Yes,
1: <laughs> yes to both. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, all around.
1: And I have to say, and you've helped me overcome my fear of like talking a lot, and I've and helped me become a better podcaster because of it.
0: Yeah, we flow good. Um we flow good. It's good. <laughs> Everything's good. Good plot development, good character development. Um <laughs> no, it's solid. Run's we, a little
1: long sometimes, but it's
0: you know. a little long, but you know what? <laughs> it's just okay. Uh but no, we are blessed, Feel, to, to do what we do. We're blessed to have the means to do what we do. And this is a very exciting year. Um, we're definitely gonna have some guests on. Uh, we're yeah. looking at you, Dave Z, Don't Work and Forgotten. Uh, you Gary Hill, Mike Merriman. Um, ricky morgan so, ricky young. morgan uh also who else told us they wanted to be on the podcast uh, oh and our buddies that kill the cast yep. uh James murphy and, um possibly jerry if he's interested kenneth is too busy like being a wild man in the north and
1: yeah, but we got good hunting. old brandon young wanting to join us as well
0: yeah brandon young so we have some heavy hitters that are much better podcasters than us that we're eventually getting <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Pretty much like Heather was saying earlier, we're gonna put the mics in front of them and just go. Yeah, man, never then we're gonna leave. We're just gonna just kind of nod <laughs> and smile and
0: uh-huh. Yeah. And be like, you so smart. Um, but yeah, we're very lucky to be with people who want to be on our show. And when people like that are that interested in coming on, it's a real flattering thing to hear. And we have a bunch of topics we want to go through this year. Um Yeah. And we'll just keep the good times coming. We haven't even, we had a list last year, but but we still
1: haven't gone through that list. Like, I think we kept adding, like, I think we would go through the list and we're just going, oh, let's do this instead. And we wouldn't even look at the list. Like, so I think it's just kind of, we're just a fly by night style, like just kind of come up with it on the on just right off the top of our heads and just kind of work with it
0: absolutely the only thing that I've been putting off with doing because Scott and I swore we were going to do it when we could see each other in person was horror films that make you uncomfortable yes and um I don't (laughs) think we just have to bite the bullet and do that this year um unless we save that until somehow we meet up again at the end of 2021 or 2022 and that's what we do in person when we hang out again
1: um or we could at least watch them together and then record yes. like when we're back at our own homes or something. Yes. Depending on how we want to do that. but
0: Or we can yeah. watch it together online like we've been doing this entire fucking year.
1: That's true. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, because uh, I think, well, because back then it was just going to be like two movies like our original episode was. So yeah. now I think we'd have to pick out a couple more that might make us uncomfortable as well just to kind of fill out how our format is now. Which, I can
0: definitely do that. Gremlins too. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh scott won't stop talking about it it makes me so uncomfortable what, what
0: other movies did you like this that you like that castle I can, freak uh, castle oh my god that better not be on there <laughs>
1: oh. Oh. oh no the ones that i'm probably gonna pick are gonna be probably like extremely uncomfortable
0: <laughs> i see you know what's funny is the things that make me uncomfortable don't make you uncomfortable
1: yeah, and it's vice versa. Like,
0: like I have an, e- an issue with people being forced to eat poo-poo. So there's a specific movie that's out there where that happens that I have avoided like the plague. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some other films that are pretty dark and on the borderline of snuff films i don't have a problem with
1: yeah where it's more me like i'm i'm (laughs) comfortable with that
0: (laughs) i'm all like snuff is fine but don't make me shit that's
1: (laughs) and i'm like i'll eat a spoonful of shit wall but just don't make me watch a snuff film
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's too brutal that we're both like so polar opposite (laughs) so this that's what makes it fun that that is what makes it fun so this should be a really exciting year we got a brand new theme song um, and hopefully if Scott and I ever meet in person <laughs> by the end of this year, we can do Facebook Live in person together. That'd be amazing. That yeah, we wouldn't have to figure out how to add a, you or anything.
1: Right. I'll say and you can see us doing our drunken shenanigans together because we'll be celebrating in style getting oh, trashed.
0: <laughs> Fuck, will be wasted. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, Scotty, is there anything you need to, to do to is there anything left to talk about before we meet again
1: uh just want to say uh thank you to liam also known as phantom x for yeah. giving us our main theme song and uh i absolutely love it and i'm hoping everybody else is digging it as well um, he's
0: telling everyone that his aunt's a big deal because she has a podcast in america oh shit <laughs> that's amazing oh my god he so okay this is a side story he's he's 11 okay and he's had some female friends and he had one of his little girlfriends over to like have pizza and stuff and he told her that his aunt has a song on a podcast and it's a big deal because it's in america like he was trying to like flex right like that was his flex to this girl (laughs) that
1: is so freaking cute (laughs)
0: isn't that so adorable like he's he's becoming a young man so it's um he, totally and, is. And he seems to be straight um so it's it's pretty cute when he shows off to whoever it may be it's it's adorable so
1: and we're glad we can be a way of making uh supporting you and just uh Make and giving and him a flex you know yeah. to talk to all his friends about because we're, we're making you popular like we're, we're giving you that popularity
0: right he thinks he thinks we have this huge podcast that's cute he's very sweet that he thinks that so that <laughs> it is, is adorable as it's help. pretty adorable right anyway i guess until next time
1: unpleasant dreams
0: my guys
1: oh before we end this
0: oh for fuck's sake scott
1: <gasps> i not- have to just say please listen after the theme song because that is where I will be doing all of the uh, putting all of the outtakes and everything so if you want to just listen to Heather just make fun of me and just total (laughs) jokes that'll be at the end of this
0: oh that was almost Uh, like an outtake that we just did I know the outtakes (laughs) oh that's ironic all right well until next time Scotty
1: unpleasant dreams again
0: (laughs) bye (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. You can go. I ha- you don't have to cut edit this out because I have to pause it still. Okay. I just can let it keep recording, which is easier.
1: I just let it go. It's because I'll be able to like pinpoint it easily.
0: Okay. All right. I'll be right back. All right. I'm assuming you're going to use the restroom. Was that? Are you going to use the restroom?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh so man. Much water, and I got to refill my water bottle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> You should. <laughs> one day we should do outtakes. Me <laughs> just laughing at you.
1: Uh, isn't that like every episode? <laughs> you need to get a snack too. I need to get a bib and a. Need to make a bottle. Yeah, I need to make a bottle. I'm
0: getting cranky over here. <laughs> oh man, you do get cranky sometimes. <laughs> oh. Anyway, will like, be takes, back. takes one to no one.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: How am I working with this woman? I had to feed Sir Micmac.
1: Yeah, I think Dexter's taken care of it at this point. He's laying down now. Nice. Let's hope he stays that way for while we finish recording.
0: I know. Or he'll alert you of the sound of his people. Right. Alright. <laughs> let's do let's fuck this bitch.
1: <coughs> yeah. Alright, let me did you say let's fuck this bitch? Yes. Wow.
0: I know, you'd be like, let's make love passionately. (laughs)
1: Let's embrace this.
0: This lady of the. My lady. (laughs) My
1: audio lady.
0: (laughs) My audio lady, come to me. Mm. As you play, what is it that you like? What's the band that you like? Blind Guardian in the background? (laughs) Which? Blind Guardian?
1: I'm waiting to get uh, picked on cuz uh that may be one of their songs maybe what I choose for horror for dummies and Of I was, course it is. And I was going to like I was thinking about cuz I've been trying to think of all these different songs but this one seems the most fitting so far and I was like I know once I post this in the group chat Heather's going to be like oh fucking course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just only like Blind Guardian, Gremlins. Um what else do I like? I like I like dressing up in medieval clothes. I like I like magic. You know I'm a bro. <laughs> and I'm like I like dogs. And, and I like drinking and drinking and sex and sex.
1: We are very simple. Folks. And
0: on Friday nights I like to do an edible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, le- I'm leaving all this in. No. Yeah. <laughs> Outtakes of Friday Nightmares. You just like clip it and put it to the side and maybe do an out <laughs> being just. I, I <laughs> probably will actually
1: cut this out and just like save yeah, it. it. Yeah, save it somewhere. Because that, that would be kind of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk about how fucking basic bitch boring we are. <laughs> we're, just, we're just basic bitch boring in different ways, but we're <laughs> yep. still basic bitch boring. Oh, we
1: so are. I'm just more nerdier. <laughs>
0: I feel like this is COVID's fault. I feel like we were a lot more fun than then COVID. Fuck it you, COVID. It's <laughs> kinda turned
1: us into like we embraced our uh, <laughs> our like passions a little bit more. More because we had nothing else to do. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I really like dogs <laughs> and
0: drinking, <laughs> even though I don't even drink that much. But it's just a funny like atmosphere that I've developed. Oh, um, hell, I think I I think I might actually drink more than I you. Think sometimes you drink more than you meet when than I do. I think you do actually. Um, but it's just this image, and the, <laughs> I'm like this big slut that bangs everything. Well, that's true. <laughs> 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 oh See, that's is... how i know i'm gonna get the date in niagara falls
1: <laughs> well you know i'm a slut that bangs all the time
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> double bang
1: like i bang, said it's... bang and well and like i said uh in that chat in that uh post too like i told dave and christian like you know if i if it's only for the girls for brandon can i at least join you and dave in the parking lot <laughs> but what role would you have would you be the fluffer I'd probably be the ball fondler for
0: both of them. Ball fondler. Oh, my God. This is such a supportive role for you. Okay. All right. You guys like it?
1: And I'll, and I'll I'll gel my beard so I can point up and I'll split it into two so I can be like, all right, here, I'm
0: going to aim it up, tickle you guys. And all, I'm at it. It's okay. By that point, you're going to be like fucking CZ Top. It's going to be all the like way down to their fucking waist. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. All right. (laughs) Serious (laughs) horror talk now, Scott. Serious. Get in the zone. All right. Cloud. And before we start, I'm going to go refill my water, because apparently I drank a bunch of it while we were talking.
1: (laughs) I just realized, sorry. I mean, you can start the recording, and I'll just jump in.
0: I already did start the recording. We should release this piece, and it can be me waiting for Scott. (laughs) It'll take me one second. What is your real life around, Heather, waiting for Scott? You love it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> your fantasy
0: I see your fantasy I want to make it a reality baby I know I know all about Your motives inside And your reasons to hide
2: I you
1: sound want right? to take you on Headstrong on, I'll take on, on anyone, anyone.
0: <laughs> It's like you start like, Rapping, not rapping out Banging out
1: um, we should actually just like burst into song like right when we inter- introduce our show
0: <laughs> we should make sure you cut some of this edit stuff still and keep it for our outtake session we're gonna
1: yeah i uh submit. actually because there was a good chunk that we had in episode 10 where it was hilarious and we were talking about keeping it and i went to cut it out and create a new spot like i uh, create a new uh, file and save it and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. And they just erased it. I, fuck, how am I going to do this? And I realized, oh, I still have the unedited version. Okay, I'll see if Tim can help me figure that out. So I can take that, put it in there. Take any other ones, cut it out, put it in there. Fuck yeah. Just so like if we ever have like a week where we're gone or can't record or something like that, we can just be like, here's a just behind the scenes, just silly shit for us. I hope you guys enjoy.
2: <laughs> silly.
0: <laughs> have a singing, Headstrong by Trap i take you on.
1: And apparently, that guy like is apparently pissing off a lot of people right now too. He's
0: probably a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, he's like complete Trump supporter and like talking about. Ah. It. Ah.
0: He- classy. It's like um. Okay, so uh, my buddy's going to see Disturbed, and I'm like, they're still fucking touring. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like meatloaf, so the fuck am I? All right, let's start this bitch. All right. All right. I want me to count you in. Sure. Three, two,
1: one. Oh, you're not counting me in? Okay. No,
0: go ahead. (laughs) Okay.
1: And we're on break. I'm going to run to the bathroom. Nope. Okay, I'm just going to pee my pants.
0: (laughs) Ew! Okay, go to the bathroom.
1: (laughs) You look so deep in thought.
0: Yeah, I'm come on complimenting a fellow lady on her photo. Ah, nice. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. I know who you're talking about. Right? and I think it's so important for ladies to empower other ladies. You know, like oh, definitely. Uh, it's good to tell another lady that she's uh, she's smoking it, smoking, smoking. All right, so you ready? Are you down to pound?
1: Yep. Um, am I going to do the, uh, zombie definition and technology? Why
0: not? If you want to. Yeah. All
1: right. Would you be able to scroll down so I can see it? Nope. Oh, uh, thanks. <coughs> Go fuck yourself, Scott. I mean, if I could, I wouldn't have any issues right now, but I'm, 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 I'm struggling over here, Heather.
0: I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. You want me to count you in? Sure. Three, two, one bang time.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing, like, this weird, like, buffering sound coming through, like, almost like wind is hitting it. It's
0: my fan. It's my fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you can hear it, then I'll turn it off. Um, I'll
1: say as long as, you know, I don't want you to be uncomfortable or anything.
0: Well, if I get too uncomfortable, then I'll just go to another room if I have to. Um, But, okay, I'll turn it off then. It's
1: crazy that that mic picks up that sound.
0: Well, the fan's old, so it doesn't, like, it makes a lot of noises. So okay. That's probably why. So, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. If it gets too warm up here and I get too sweaty, then I'll just move down to the lower level. Okay. Um, I just want a little bit of a break from my living room area.
1: Yeah, I don't okay. blame you.
0: So we have our 2020 horror movies. Um, I want to add, because we both watched ugh, Let's take out this piece of shit, Sir Shark Lake. No one needs to hear about that shit.
1: That was pretty bad, I'm guessing.
0: Oh yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> Don't watch it. Visiting hours. What year was that? It's
1: 1982.
0: that's it what one I wanted to go with. Okay. Yeah, because that one was really good. Like that was. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Oh, I watched Tucker and Dale. You're right. It was really funny. It was cute. Wasn't it? It was really cute. Yeah, that was that was good. I watched. I managed to get through it this afternoon because so I was like, fuck, I need to like watch this movie so we can talk about it tonight. Um.
1: Yeah, because I knew you would like that one.
0: Yeah, it's cute. It's a cute little story. I love Dale. Um, he's such
1: a lovable big guy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he'd be my boyfriend, too. He's my body tape, too. Tall, right. heavy, facial <clears> hair, <throat> and down to pound. Mean
1: mean tall like me?
0: No, no, like real tall. <laughs> Not someone who masquerades as a munchkin land. We oh. the Pop crew, the Pop crew, the Pop
2: crew. That's
1: you. <laughs> Oh, I am cutting all of this out and using. Oh it. no, you're not. You're using <laughs> for the outtakes. That's what I'm saying. I'll cut it out of here to use it for our outtakes for sure.
0: <laughs> are you excited for your new role in Wizard of Oz the remake? <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which, ass. fucking munchkin are you playing?
1: <laughs> I'm not that damn short. Just as tall as you are. Just as tall as you yeah, are. Five foot nine, my ass. <laughs> i was lied to
0: okay (laughs) the worst part is your license is 5.9 i know (laughs) oh man okay
1: lied to my whole life living a lie
0: (laughs) you're so like i was lied to like someone measured you and they like read the number wrong and they were like but that's two inches like how do you mess up two inches that's what i'm wondering if it was a woman she wouldn't messed up two inches she wouldn't know the difference
1: that is so fucking true. If it was a guy, he'd be just be like, yeah, we'll add a couple more.
0: Yeah, that's what you do. You just add a couple. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready?
1: Yeah, let's do this. Let's get to town town.
0: Okay. Um, am I opening? Yes. Okay. All right. Are you ready?
1: Yep. Whenever you are.
0: Okay. I'll count. And my mic's good? Yep. Okay. I'll count myself in. Three, two.
1: Uh, You love it and you know it
0: (laughs) Like like it's a fucking performance (laughs) Oh my
1: god
0: (laughs) Okay, you know we're recording There you go, you can cut that shit out And you can put it to our (laughs) outlooks of you Pretending to be a fucking rock star
1: (laughs) I am an opera singer, ma'am
0: Please Okay (laughs) Okay Okay. Oh man, this is why I drink. All right. And then I get the bound a bell. All right. So I love it. Are you ready? I'm gonna count us yeah. in. All right. Three, two, one. Um, but is, are you feeling less nervous, Tim? Is it going okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: I'm
3: hoping we're doing all right. Yeah. I think
0: you are way too hard on yourself you're very really? good yes you're very good oh, thank you i appreciate it like i kind of want to kick scott off and have you guys instead <laughs> oh, <awesome>. is- <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> scott is awesome as much as i tease him he is salt of the earth <laughs> she's coming back coming so yeah back guys so home. we'll, we'll, sh- sh- we'll sh- kick man. off scott and you'll take his place oh hey scott
1: <laughs> now who's taking my place the Not horror for dummies okay that's fair <laughs> um, before we jump back into this, though, I'm going to wait a second because my dog is being an asshole right now. Oh,
0: what's wrong with Dexty?
1: He is just barking at everything and now he's like leaning over the couch, staring outside and I have a feeling he's about to bark again. So I'm just waiting a second.
0: He's all ready to bust shit, right?
1: Oh, he yeah. is just fucking wired today. Like over here grumbling and growling at me and I had to take him outside and then he's barking at everything outside. I'm going, dude, Chill.
0: <laughs> I uh when I got up this morning, I realized I put on sparkly um eyeshadow last night, and I was so <laughs> fucked up when I got home that I didn't clean my face. Oh no! Because like, and my so I went up with my girlfriend to a drag show last night, and guys, I was <gasps> fucked. Oh, she was like, so I did angry. an edible and I drank. Oh, you lot. did your
1: edible too? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I I <laughs> Fucking party!
0: Oh man, and like the drag queen and I were just like, like, <laughs> it's fun. It was a lot anyone of I might know? It's just a local one, Carmen. Oh, okay. From Hamilton. I don't know, you know a lot of Canadian bands though, like shit. Like I who knows?
3: And not music. It was Sorry. my first Drake just, show, i Just into- anyone anyone from Drag Race, pretty much.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't not that famous. It was just a not local.
1: Yeah,
3: I just
0: um, kept
1: I just know Heather was wasted because I get her typical when she's boo-yah. wasted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She sends me that all over. Like, Hi, so how's your night going? Boo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. Yep, Heather's wasted.
0: <laughs> I'm a lot of fun.
1: Oh, you are. You're a say, blast. right. One of the one of these borders open, we're fucking partying again. That's all there is to it.
0: Well, We're going to go to Australia and do it right. We're going to do Outback. That's what we're going to do. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Time. We're going to go out to the Outback, have Tim and uh, Daniel take us there.
0: I'm gonna get stung by a jellyfish and then be like, "Oh, I don't need oh medical attention."
1: And I'm gonna, no. drink, I'm gonna drink windshield washer fluid.
0: Fucking, <laughs> That's great. Get Say a, up here,
1: fucking movie.
0: Can't wait, Dexter. Get up here now. Aw, <laughs> oh, Dexty, Grumpy ass old man. I get him. I'm grumpy too. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get this bitch on the road so Tim can get to bed and right, 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 work. Right. Um, so I'm just gonna, so just so you guys know, we're gonna read over a couple of fun, realistic facts about Australia, and then stupid shit so fun. at any point you want to react to anything go ahead um <laughs> you can um and then we'll go through the movie scott will give an intro to each movie and we have some questions that we'll just talk about but you can <laughs> say whatever good. you
2: want
3: i was gonna say it reminds me of consumers but that's pretty much just for tim yeah,
0: yeah. i don't get it <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah it's it's cool. uh no one listened to it and by no one i mean like 10 12 people <laughs>
0: Was it a podcast that? you guys had?
3: Uh, yeah, I had a podcast network um, with a couple of mates and just n- no one listened to it. A couple of so we, uh, Yeah, one of them definitely. They were cons. Um, yeah, for sure. One of Seriously, them, for dude, sure. stop. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it fell apart. It was like no one was listening. It wasn't really worth putting all the time into it. And if that it's makes a lot sense. of work like, to
0: do a podcast. Like I first- yeah had no and idea when, until I started doing one.
3: And when you're having like single digit weeks and stuff, it's just like, ugh, Nah.
0: I would listen to your podcast. Thank
3: you. But yeah, it was just uh <laughs> consumerist was just like, uh, just a pop culture show. Just whatever was happening.
0: I think that sounds like In
3: fun. Yeah, it was
0: N- anyway. probably better than I Scott we, and we I insulting like, each other,
3: but we, we did like a list a week kind of thing too. So like that reminds me of this
0: well i guess it you know we were trying to think right of like how do we um educate people about australia and then also show how stupid we all are so this was the way that we thought we intro it so should i count you might back not in?
3: know some of this shit
0: you might not like i'm sure I'm if someone let a list us about canada in. i'd be like what
3: yeah i'm like yeah we do all right it's no. No. <laughs> cool
1: wicked <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah no. so uh scotty should i count myself back in or do you uh,
1: maybe- yeah let me get Dex. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna go grab a distraction bone for him real quick, and I will be. Uh, oh, so you can the start. I'll put myself on mute. Okay, I'll
0: start. Can you
1: give me a distraction bone. You yeah. oh, know I will, baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Port to the cloud.
1: The cloud.
0: Alrighty. Um. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, let's get down to pound.
1: All right. Let's take this bitch to Pound Town. <laughs> this bitch
2: to Pound Town.
0: <laughs> oh, is my mic down low enough? Yep. Okay.
1: Gotta get low, get low, get low, get low. Get get low, low. Get
0: low. <laughs> None of that. No dancing. <laughs> no Why not? dancing in North America anymore. Oh, nope, don't not know. allowed. Footloose.
1: That's right. That's it. We got to call Kevin Bacon in.
0: I'd be like the shittiest version of Footloose. It'd just be like some slutty dancing on a fire. Fucking... <laughs> <Well>, car. <laughs> You'd be like me twerking for 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think that'd be shitty. It'd be, what would be shitty is my dance moves.
0: Oh yeah, you are so white when you dance. It's
2: like
0: <laughs> I can dance the like Sorry.
1: Oh, oh I am so totally funny. a white boy.
0: Like, <laughs> you're like, that's why this is a blind guardian. You don't have to dance the blind guardian. You just have to look angry. <laughs> yeah. Headbang. <laughs> Another. Do you like death metal? I never even asked you.
1: Uh no, that that is a bit grating to my ears. Like. Oh yeah, Social I don't. I don't is, fucking uh,
0: know the difference. On <laughs> Is that like where they well, scream a lot?
1: Yeah, that's the kind where you hear. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> is... <laughs> and, like that. and you're
1: going—is there words in there or is uh... it? <laughs> I don't know.
0: And that's cool. Like, if that's your jam, rock on. But I just, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not—it's not my thing. But I know a lot. I have a lot of friends that love oh, that shit, geez, and I'm I, like,
0: cool. kill the cast. they fucking... all yeah. love death metal. Like, I always, when I have people over, I always have, like, a a basic pop list. You know what I mean? Like, I I usually ship from the 2000s. (laughs) Because we're all like, yeah, yummy. Anyway, I guess you can cut that out and use that for our outtakes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. (laughs) But, yeah. Anyway. you this video. It's so fucking ridiculous. Like, is these people, like, and they're jumping on little baby trampolines and they're... Like, it's just, what like, the hell? Can you imagine going there and being like, no, I can't wait to go home and eat my vegetable casserole. Mm. Can't wait to drink my whey protein shake. <laughs> right? And then I'm going to count my macros and go to bed at 6 p.m. because my life sucks and I can't eat anything of any kind of fun. And then I'm going <laughs> to get up and I'm going to do F45 the next day. And even like the what they have it looks like one of those fucking gi joe like fucking like you know you know gi Joe's a gi and then oh, it yeah. has like that fl- i think it's an american flag i can't remember what it is what the what the colors are it looks like that it, like it looks like it's trying to capitalize on all the people that are sad from the 80s like that were born in the 80s and feel fat now and that they were going in <laughs> and pretend <laughs> to be like fucking gi joe anyway
1: oh it's so true like I, I, uh because i actually did one of those uh one of those kind of workouts it was called beach body or something like that. And it was, uh, an online course. Like I didn't actually like have a class, but like it was, this is when I actually lost a bunch of weight and I was down to like one seventy five. And, and now you got beard body. I do. Got, I got, I got the dad bod <laughs> and the beard body.
0: You know what? Dad bods are way better. Right. Like, say, I don't want anyone that's going to make me feel bad about myself and make me seem like I can't like buy Starbucks.
1: Right. Well, right? There, just, there just needs to be a better term for it. Cause I'm not a dad.
0: it's gotta be like bachelor bod (laughs) you know what I think it should be it should just be healthy looking bod and like you know I think we need to move away from this fucking muscular belief like a guy having a six pack and me running my fingers over them I I could see how that would sound sexy but in the long haul that person sounds like a lot of fucking work like that sounds like someone I would bang for the night and never really want to see again because I feel like I could never have any fun ever well it's
1: and like if like uh, like if you wanted to cuddle with a person it's like you're cuddling a freaking two by four yeah like, that's not comfy like you want something a little squishy there
0: oh i want squish trust me <laughs>
1: <laughs> i bet you do i
0: bet you do squish
1: squish squish, squish motherfucker squish,
0: squish squish yeah you can use that in our outtakes our oh yeah yeah <laughs>
1: i will definitely do that like i I got a lot of work to do if I, whenever I get these outtakes because of all the episodes, and I got to go back through a bunch of the older ones and f- grab stuff from them, too.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Well, We usually do it at the beginning, so at least you can just listen to the beginning and take it.
1: Yeah, it's usually the beginning, and then sometimes on our break.
0: Oh, well, Sometimes on our break, right? Yeah, true, true, true. Usually our... it's you making
1: fun of me for taking a break.
0: <laughs> yeah, Fox, <he's laughs> waiting for you to come back. It's like an old man. Oh,
1: so I next thing you know I'll grab my cane and kinda of hobble back
0: in. Oh my god, no kidding, right? Might as well. Alrighty. Um now I got the stupid song. And I would have been blackout on your ass. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Okay. So do you want me uh, to do you want me to do the intro? What are we at? 15, sixteen?
1: Yep, we're on episode sixteen. Okay. Um okay. I can do the intro to this one since it's kind of the Scott show.
0: Okay. 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 Great, um, great, great. Anything I'll Sorry, remember to the
1: I'll remember to do the uh, introduction of what the episode is right away.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Should we just call this uh, relationships and horror?
0: Sure. We right. can call this scuts <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, do you have the fan on?
0: Yeah, I do you want me to turn it off?
1: Yeah, because I, I can hear a little bit of it uh, blowing through. If it's not too bad for you. How about now? Perfect. Now it's good. Yep.
0: Okay, perfect. righty. When you're ready, I can count you in, or you can count yourself in.
1: All right. Uh, let's do this, bitch. Scott's about ready to go off.
0: Because <laughs> Scott right. would have been blacked out on your ass. <laughs> uh, uh.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I'm funny.
1: Oh, you are our laugh riot. This is why we are great together. It's
0: true. This is great chemistry. Anyway. <laughs> get this fucking right. bitch going.
1: All right. So I'll count us in. Three, two, one.
0: After these messages will be
1: right back. All right. Um, Let me
0: guess. You have to go to the washroom and fill up your water bottle.
1: Fill up water bottle, yes. Washroom, no. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, that you got me calling a washroom. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, finally.
1: <laughs> it's a restroom because you rest in there. Apparently,
0: you have like a nap in the restroom.
1: I don't. Doesn't everybody?
0: Shoot, his stupid stuff, Americans. Gallons. I drank a gallon of water. What the fuck? You don't buy Coca-Cola in gallons. You don't go to the fucking store and be like, can I get a gallon of Coca-Cola, please? You buy it in fucking liters.
1: It's so weird, yeah, because, yeah, like, it's liters here, and then it's gallons of milk, gallons of gas.
0: Gallons of beer? Yeah, right? No, no, it's like liters of beer, or ounces in beer. All right, go get your fucking water. You're fucking taking too much time. (laughs) Man. I know, right? Everyone... (laughs) If you know, if Scott needs a safe word, he's going to start using it on our podcast. His safe word is hippopotamus. <laughs> if you hear hippopotamus at any point in our podcast, it means he's had enough of Heather shit and he I can never no take it anymore. <laughs> hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. hip Hippopotamus. <laughs> yes, go with that. That sounds perfect. All right, All right I'm, I'll see you I'm when muting. we get back.
1: Yep, I'll mute and if you want to start, go ahead.
0: I'm not going to start.
1: Okay.